Hello, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Andrew Les. I'm here with Mr. Joel Dells, River Brown, and you can't see him right now, but Mr. Joel V. Moran. On this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast, episode number 334, we will be discussing the Eagles' two-game losing streak, Mahomes' temper tantrum, ranking the AFC contenders, and after week 14, our NFL power rankings. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? squirted on me. You and your squirting. How are you doing, Mr. Dells? Doing good, man. Can't complain. How are you doing, fellas? Riv, happy you could show up. Yeah, let's do it. Listen, uh, like the I energy is s- very low from this guy. I don't, I don't know. know. He walked into the room uh, immediately. Listen, I dab I him. It. I hope, you know, maybe rough day at work. You know, a lot of kids there. A lot of energy gets sucked out of you. Um, but we got we got to talk about Philly, man. I need some energy there from you because I know I'm gonna get attacked. Riv, is that I know what I'm it gonna is? Get attacked all show is long. that what it is that the agendas didn't go into fruition? You're coming in low yesterday. energy. You're was, ready to ride. Yesterday, I was ready to go. Yesterday, I understand we need some notes. Unfortunately, today went by. <laughs> you did. And I, had, you know, I had a long day today, so the same energy. But I'll I'll try my best to you know uh, work my way through. I appreciate that. Sure. And like I said, and wait, got- my agendas are fine. Are Eagles. They- May have fucked up, uh-huh. but best believe Cleveland continues up. on shining. Cleveland's up. Buffalo won, so I understand. I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'll, I'll get some energy in there. Listen, and like I said, Joel may not be in studio, but damn it, we'll be remiss if we didn't there have our brother is. still on the show. Mr. Joel V. Moran, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. You know, Even though I packed my bags and went to Arizona, I'm out here for three weeks. I mean, I, I can't miss the show, especially when things are going in my favor like they are. I mean, we will talk <laughs> about Sunday Night Football. We will talk about them fraudulent Eagles. We will talk about Jalen Hurts, who spends his time practicing motivational quotes in the mirror. That's got to be something. On cover zero That's got to be looks. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about all of that. But, yeah, I'm happy to see you, fellas. First said, episode of the more, week. He said he's more focused. Yeah, that is number one. We <laughs> yeah, said yeah. over under how many times you would call some races. Um no, that's definitely no. I'm with you there. Uh, did you hear what he said? No. That he's more focused on motivational quotes that's than he is about winning football games. Amazing, I think. What? I feel like that's more of an attack on Dells than the motivational quotes. Yeah, because you love Jalen's motivation. Yeah, I'm, I'm just it's amazing. It's one of his best best traits. It is one of his best traits. Think, the leader of men. I think Joel was getting at that he needs to stop making that his best trait and lock in on the, the, the film. Is it his best trait? Trying to figure out his best trait. Uh, but Mr. Riv, we didn't ask you how you're doing. How are you doing? I just want to make sure that we get that out the I'm, way. How are I'm, you? I'm good. You know, long day at work, but I made it. Okay. That's all that matters. I made it. Um, just ready to get to work. I went to the gym last night, so that was a blessing. Nice, nice. Guys, you know. See you there. Just trying to adjust, you know, trying to adjust to that getting up 6.30 in the morning, 6.15, eating it's not breakfast. Easy. No, it's not. It's terrible, actually. You're eating breakfast? Yeah. Trying to I'm happy to hear that, dude. And, um, how much salt in those you eggs? breakfast? I don't... I don't eat eggs in the morning okay. all the time. Oatmeal? No, I, yesterday I did. This morning I had chocolate uh, chip cookies. No, no, no. This morning I had some waffles and uh, hot sausage. Okay, 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 okay. Um, some shit. Yeah, definitely gotta get some meat in there. Can't can't forget the meat. But um, yeah, long day, ready to do it. And Joel, I know you said you're in Phoenix. Before we get into the show, because of course this is gonna get serious. I already know it's gonna get heated. But Mr. Moran, how is Phoenix? How are you over there? I know you're celebrating the holidays over there. It's pretty good. Um. Jessica's grandfather gave us a great place to stay. I got my own room to me. I finally was able to set everything up as I as I please. If anybody watches the Joel Moran show on Sunday, I mean the quality was terrible. I really feel bad. I put that out, but <laughs> I now have the setup that I feel good with, and the views out here are amazing. The mountains are great. I went hiking yesterday. You know, I'm gonna do a lot of cardio now that I'm out here because there's a lot of things to to see out here. But yeah, I'm having a really fun time out here. 
the Wi-Fi is not the best. I'm on a hot spot, but you know, we got that figured out. Hot spot. Listen, you could say that the Wi-Fi is not the best. That being said, right now you're looking crispy yeah, in the comment section are even saying it too. All right, but gentlemen, let's get right into it. First topic of the show. We're gonna have to talk about those Philadelphia Eagles who got got worked by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, before when we had our conversations on the Patreon episode that if you guys didn't know, when we record our Patreon episode, we go live on TikTok Join now. Join the Patreon, man. Join the Patreon. You know, Hit it, our picks. And a dollar for how much longer, too? I feel like we've been kind about it. Shit. End of the year. End of the year. Listen, if Mr. Dell says that that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to have to be. Going up, man. But again, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles fall short against the Dallas Cowboys. They are now on a two-game skid. Now, when we talk about this two-game skid, the tough part about it is that they got their ass kicked. It wasn't like this game was close. It wasn't like that game versus the Niners was close. From start to finish, the Philadelphia Eagles looked just like they didn't belong to be on the football field. Now, Mr. Rivio, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start with you. Talk to me. What's your takeaway from this Philadelphia Eagles game? Does it say more about the Dallas Cowboys or does it speak more about Philadelphia? Um, I think it speaks more about Dallas's defense. Okay. You know, to put on a masterclass, it did for sure. I mean, the Eagles offense only scored six points, you know, and an offense is high-powered and is uh, strong. Goddard was back. You know, the offensive line was there. You know, everybody was pretty much healthy and to, you know, shut them down like that. I think the, the takeaway is this Dallas defense is legit, you know, they and they have not had digs for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. but they were able to put on a master clash. You know, they, uh, Michael Parsons was able to put on a show. Um, Deron Blanche, Stephon Gilmore, especially, you know, he, he, he wasn't he was really good in his matchup with A.J. Brown and they put on a master class. And I think that's the takeaway you have to get. Dak played a clean game. Definitely. Played, Played a good game for sure. He had the one little uh, sack, mm-hmm. but but other than that, he played a good game for sure. Um, but I think for the most part, you 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 like I say Dallas, but in, in the same time, Eagles losing like they did back to back weeks. You know, some people pointed to they were gassed out. Some people pointed to you know that this tough stretch. But in reality, you have to make one in these two games competitive. I mean, Dallas was undefeated at home, undefeated. I think in the last three years in Dallas, you know, when they played Philly, Philly but yeah. at the same time. You got to make it competitive. And you mentioned it. it there was no – for sure is being nice. They had – there was no chance in this game to win this game at all. They had no opportunities really. There was the one opportunity coming out in the third when they got the uh, strip sack. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter scored. You're looking at the score. It's like, all right, it's 12-24, right? That's not terrible. You know, we get a stop here. But they just really – Dallas was able to do, for the most part, whatever they wanted to do. For mo- for the instance, talking just I want to talk more about Eagles. I'm sure uh, Joel is going to talk about the Cowboys. But for the Eagles, in my opinion, I feel like Jalen Hurts has been a little bit hesitant. You know, there's been reads there that are easy reads. His first read, he sees it, doesn't make the throw, tries to get more yards. And Dan, Dan Orlovsky, shout out to him, man, because I've been watching a lot of him lately because I feel like he's the best at breaking down situations. And he broke down the way uh, Jalen Hurts in that game was the first read was there. He'll take the tougher read. Or the, the second read was there. He makes that play last year. He didn't make it this year. And a lot of it has been just him being a little bit hesitant, taking sacks, you know, not trusting his arm, not trusting that first read. I don't know why he's doing it different, but that defense is not good. But even then, I feel like the pass rush has been a little bit overrated at this moment. You know, we caught Dallas on a good run. You know, in Philly, slumping. They just got their ass whipped by the Niners. This defensive front has to be better. They are the backbone of this defense. If they get no pressure, if they can just, if they don't get to that quarterback, 
his secondary stands no chance. And that's the difference between Dallas and the Eagles. I feel like that Dallas secondary can hold their own in certain points of the game. Philly secondary has no chance. Their linebackers have no chance. If that uh, pass rush does not make an impact, this defense is pretty much shell-shocked. And if that offense is not, I don't want to say perfect, but if it's not great, then mm-hmm. this 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 Eagles team has a ch- doesn't have a chance. But Dallas did what they needed to do for sure. You know, they put on an impressive performance. Um, but I, I definitely – the Dallas – the takeaway is Dallas's defense is elite. This Dallas defense is going to be tough. And in this division, you know, tied, tied – I looked it up. We do have the tiebreaker if we both went out. Mm-hmm. We have, like, the fourth tiebreaker. It goes that far. So Dallas has to hope we lose either Seattle – drop one to the Giants or drop one to Arizona, but they also have to take care of business. You know, they head out to Buffalo, who's on fire right now. So they also have to take care of business. But I am, if I'm Dallas, I am confident in either we go out to Philly or we come out to Dallas, this defense will be able to hold up. And if I'm Philly, enough of the the, the quotes, enough of the bullshit motivational speeches, enough of the dumbass, we got to be better, enough of the, the, the analogies, they're stupid, we don't care about them no more. We just got our ass whooped by the Niners, we just got our ass whooped by Dallas. Now it's time to, instead of saying, let's look in the mirror, no, let's really go into practice, figure out what's going on, and let's work this shit out. You got Seattle, you got Giants, you got Cardinals, nothing really insane outside of Seattle, so you don't have any Giants real tests. Giants are uh, they have been playing better, I'll admit, but you you have a couple get right games to, before the playoffs. So you need to secure if not the first seed, the second seed at least. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. This is uh shit, there's a lot to get to with this Philly game. First, you know, got to cut it Dallas, you know. Um it feels like it's going to be a lot of the same shit we said last uh last week from 49ers game, but the same way we credited uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, you got to have the same credit for Mike McCarthy. And Dak Prescott, they went out there and Dak took a pretty strong stranglehold, in my opinion, stranglehold, in my opinion, in the MVP race. Um, you know, we've been waiting for really two months now um, since that since that big uh, since that big loss to San Francisco for the I guess really the loss to, to Philly, because the Cowboys have had all of these great games. Dak has had all these statistical games. Then you go back and I'm saying it, everyone in the world saying it, it's like, OK, you're going up, being up in the bad teams, but let's get that. Let's get that real signature win. You know, let's get that win over a Philly or over another contender so we can really take you seriously. And they did that. You know, holding the Eagles to six points on offense, the fact that the defense outscored the offense is not something I was expecting. I thought this was a game that Philly would be able to move the ball. Um, I knew defensively they were going to struggle because Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, this offense has been one of the best, if not, you know, top two in the league, them in San Francisco, Miami in there as well all season long. Um, and Dak's done a master job. They were they were talking about it really all all game long about how he's mastered the footwork of this offense and in this West Coast style. Um, how he's able to you know just hit that back foot, boom, hit the read if it's not there, take off or, or find someone else. So Dak's done a phenomenal job. But I'm looking at Philly, and there's some real problems with this offense. You know, I know Joel's going to call me a JT O'Sullivan merchant, but I watch damn near every analysis with it with Jalen Hurts so when it goes in. So is he. Hey, hey, no, 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 no slouch here. JT O'Sullivan is one of the best content creators out there, but. He's been saying this for months now where whether it's Kelsey, whether it's Jalen Hurts, they don't have an, an answer for cover zero. And it's not it's almost not an answer in terms of play calling, but it's at the line of scrimmage when typically when you're facing cover zero, you don't want to get beat up the middle. You don't want to get beat by the center, by the guard. You want to get beat on the outside because that's the longest path it takes for the defender to get to the quarterback. If you're going to beat right up the middle, Unless you have some really special quickness and agility like Lamar Jackson, Kyle, Kyler Murray, it's going to be really hard to evade that. J- 
Jalen Hurts is one of the more mobile quarterbacks in the league, but he's not fast or super quick, right? He's more strength and being able to run over you than kind of evade rushers coming right up the middle. Yep. You saw that all game long. When Dallas was sending cover zero, when they were all out blitzing and just playing man across the board, the Eagles had no answer. You know, you have guys who could win on the outside with A.J. Brown, um, with Smitty, as you mentioned, Goddard was back. So you have guys that can win one-on-one coverage, but when the defense is getting there so quickly, you don't have a chance. And when you pile that up with three turnovers, you have Jalen Hurts fumble, you have A.J. Brown fumble, Smitty fumble, your three best players on offense all making key mistakes at different points in the game. I mean, you have the Dallas go down their first drive, boom, touchdown. Philly's driving down the field. Hurts just makes this great play where he's scrambling mm-hmm. to the left, hits Smitty over the middle of the field. They're like, okay, this is the Philly offense we've been seeing. A couple plays later, you run a, a, a quarterback draw. Jalen Hurts ends up fumbling the ball, and that kind of just sucks the life out of the offense and was almost the epitome of what this game was because we don't got a sugarcoat it. Philly got their ass beat. Um, I, I do this upcoming week because the original question of this topic was, has the Cowboys overtaken the Eagles for the second best team in the NFC this upcoming week when, uh, when Dallas has to go to Buffalo, this is going to show us a lot because right now, uh, the Eagles or excuse me, Dallas is undefeated at home. I think when they're playing indoors on that turf, you know, they, you really see this offense being able to hit on all cylinders. Now going into Buffalo, having to win that game in potentially bad weather. You know how that weather gets. Because I'm still under the impression that the one and two seed is going to be San Francisco and Philly. Like you mentioned, Riv, if Philly wins out, they will have the tiebreaker. So San Francisco will likely get that one seed. Everything runs through them. But Philly with that second seed, that means Dallas will have a home game probably. Uh, first round. First round. Or no, because they would have to. They'd be a wild card team. So they might be on the road. Uh, oh, they'd be on. Yeah, it'd be a, they'd be like 11-12 win well, wild card team. But they'd be on the road the entire playoff. So if they do have to go to Philly, um, do have to go to San Francisco, you know, maybe this offense isn't clicking as much as they have been when they're playing at home. But we saw them against Dallas just a few weeks ago where that was a neck and neck game, or excuse me, in Philly a couple of weeks ago where there was a neck and neck game that came right down to the wire and the offense did look good. Um, but I'm still looking at San Francisco, of course, as the best team in the NFC. But I, I definitely have some questions about Philly. It's been the defense primarily throughout the season. Uh, but now these last two weeks, the way that the, these defenses have really keened in on pressuring Jalen Hurts. If you're able to take away those big plays from A.J. Brown and turn the ball over, you're going to be able to beat Philly. You're going to be able to beat any team in the NFL if you're pressuring the quarterback, taking away uh, deep shots and getting turnovers. So Philly's got to clean stuff uh, clean stuff up offensively because if they're not scoring a lot of points, they're not going to be not gonna be able to make a deep playoff run. So concerned or not about Philadelphia? In terms of what? Like not the making big the picture. NFC champion? Oh, the big picture? Yeah, because of the Niners. Okay. Okay, sure. concerned or not? Sure. Yeah, the, the Niners, to me, are their clear favorite. Don't just win the NFC, but the Super Bowl. I mean, Brock Purdy's playing out of his mind. The defense looks phenomenal. I don't really see a real weakness. I think Joel would mention, which is fair, Brock Purdy coming from behind if he's in that situation. But I'm looking at the, the rest of the NFC. Dallas looks like the second-best team right now, the way they've been playing. Um, but, you know, still got a month left of the season, still got playoffs to, to ride with. But, man, those 49ers look so damn good. They are. They're a near-perfect squad. Now, who does this tell me more about, the Eagles or Dallas? To me, it's pretty simple. Dallas, because what we've known about the Eagles it has been their problem all season long, and it's going to be that defense. Now, Dallas offensively, outside of that play where, yes, they were able to sack him, return it for a touchdown, get their only touchdown of the game. When you look at it from this sense, we've known that the Eagles' weakness has been their defense. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've seen their offense struggle. And that's definitely a concern, especially when it's against the two teams in the NFC 
that if you're the Eagles, you're worrying most about. You don't, you're not really thinking too much about the teams underneath them. It was these games versus the Niners and the Cowboys that was going to tell us a lot about Philadelphia. Now, I made that mistake against the Niners thinking that the Eagles, even at home, were. I felt like that would be the reason why they'd come out on top. I felt like the Eagles had a chance to win that game. They came up short. I wasn't making that same mistake when it came to Dallas this time around. When we've had our discussions about Philadelphia and Dallas, whether or not Dallas can beat the Philadelphia Eagles, I felt, hey, look at that first game when they played in Lincoln Field. They were a touchdown away, and the Eagles didn't look that that dominating offensively and specifically defensively. Dak and company was able to do whatever that they wanted. Now you look at this game. Pollard looked really solid. Getting him involved in the past game these last few weeks has been a huge boost to their offense. Jake Ferguson looks to be like the reliable number two option on that team as well. We don't have to talk about C.D. Lamb, but if you want to, I understand. He's been special, number three in yards this season. Another week, another touchdown for, for C.D. He continues to be one of the more dominant receivers in this game. Dallas's team right now is clicking on all cylinders, and why it says more to me about Dallas is because a big narrative on their team was, can they beat a great team in the National Football League? You mentioned that they're undefeated at home. Yes, a lot of these games have been against opponents that are inferior to Dallas. The, the better the best competition you could say in this run was Seattle. And that game was close. No doubt about it. And that defense was in question the most. But they against Philadelphia, they executed a great game plan. They made some timely plays, forcing three fumbles on Philadelphia's three big playmakers, Jalen, AJ, and Smitty, like you mentioned. You look at AJ too, and and he was getting himself into he was getting himself all riled up with this matchup with, with Stephon Gilmore. It, it, it came out that Stephon, he, uh, AJ Brown Call called Stephon old. old, and that lit a fire under the uh, under Stephon. And don't call him old. Look at that receiver. Don't call Stephon. You old. look at that stat line for AJ Brown: nine catches, ninety-four yards. To any receiver, that's a great day. And even for AJ Brown, that's a great day. I'd be damned if I didn't I didn't get left feeling as if that was the quietest nine for ninety-four I've yeah. ever seen. Stephon Gilmore seemed to just have the upper hand, forcing that fumble as well, understanding that Dallas' defense did make Philadelphia's offense look pedestrian on top of it. I felt like Stephon Gilmore won the matchup. And also, A.J. Brown dropping that pass that, that Jalen Hurts dropped in right on the dime. And Smitty not only fumbling, but also dropping that touchdown where, hey, if you want to say it was a little bit overthrown, a little bit. that's fine, especially because I was here when Mahomes slightly overthrew yeah. MVS. Smitty usually catches now, it. But that's why I hit him in the hands, too. I'll be honest, though. That was more of an overthrow than, than Mahomes. Because Smitty I really disagree. got, like, just one hand and, like, this, you know what I mean? Like, his fingers on I him. won't disagree too much with you. But, again, when it comes to how, how I'm left feeling after this game, I feel a lot better in Dallas because now we look at this offense – especially against a division rival. The Eagles' defense is so bad that I don't expect that that would be a struggle. But when it comes to playing the Niners, it's still a question for me. But, yes, Joel, you're right. This is the top two teams in the National Football Conference. Now, Mr. Moran, I know you've been licking your chops waiting to go. Uh, let's hear it. Mike Talk McCarthy to me. Praise. Are you left feeling stronger about the Eagles or, or stronger about the Cowboys? It's obviously the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's plain and simple. I think you saw it in the first matchup where the Eagles came away with the win, but you can argue the Cowboys outplayed them in every facet in that game. The second half, the Eagles came out way stronger. And in this one, it wasn't a competition. You can blame it on the turnovers. You could blame it on whatever else. I think the Cowboys were way more prepared. On the first drive of the game, the Cowboys drive down the field. The first drive for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts fumbles. A.J. Brown fumbles later in that ball game. That field goal they had in the first half of the game that was the first points for them in this game 
was made because of a fake punt converted by Braden Mann to Zacchaeus. Jet legend. The Eagles have not found their identity. And this is why they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl. And this is why everybody should be concerned about them. They're not able to handle cover zero pressure looks. Brian Johnson has been a huge downgrade as a play caller from Shane Steichen. And I know all eyeballs want to be pointed at Jalen Hurts. But Brian Johnson is an underwhelming offensive play caller. And there are not many easy buttons in this offense. For as great as A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have been, they don't create enough separation for their guys with the play calls that are in this offense currently. Then what, what was the Eagles biggest strength these last two seasons, their play in the trenches, Jalen hurts his first year as a starter. They were a dominant Russian football team last year. They were a dominant Russian football team this year. They have not been a dominant Russian football team. And I look at the Eagles and I say, I don't know what your identity is. I don't think they have a clear identity for how they want to play on offense. And too often than not, Jalen Hurts is making things tougher for him than anything else. Because I'm looking at multiple times on film where there are cover zero looks and Jalen Hurts has easy and quick outs on the offense. Instead, he's settling for a goal ball down the field to A.J. Brown instead of getting a quick, easy completion, or sometimes he's late on throws. The Dallas Cowboys, I think, are proven to be the second best team in the NFC, and I understand that it's very easy to bet on the 49ers. The 49ers look dominant, and yeah, I don't think they have a clear weakness right now. Brock Purdy, from the beginning of the season to now, has grown tremendously as a quarterback, and I trust Brock Purdy. I think he'll be fine. The weakness with the 49ers, I think, is maybe something doesn't go their way in terms of the turnover battle in some type of game, but the best matchup for them are the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the Eagles can beat the Cowboys again, or they can't beat the 49ers, and I think it's about time we start giving the Cowboys their respect because Mike McCarthy, when he fired Kellen Moore, everybody said Kellen Moore made this offense. He made Dak Prescott. Now we know. Dak Prescott's having his best season ever with Mike McCarthy in his West Coast offense. He's the most comfortable he's ever been. He might win MVP this year. And when you look at some of the stats that the Cowboys have this year, they have, they have, um, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember um, off the top of my head, 15 straight home wins, which dates back to last year. They have won eight or more games this year by 20 points, which is setting a franchise record. Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys in four seasons is 40 and 23, which is tied for the most wins since Barry Switzer for the Cowboys in a coach's first four seasons. Mike McCarthy didn't get his respect in Green Bay because he was coaching Aaron Rodgers, but many forget that he was a pivotal part in Aaron Rodgers' development. Many people wrote him off, and a common word that I use thrown around for Mike McCarthy is his inability to adapt, his stubbornness. But since week five, when I thought the Cowboys offense was very stale, they've added much more emotion to it. C.D. Lamb has gotten involved. Jake Ferguson, Brandon Cooks, everybody is starting to get more involved, and this offense feels more free. So I think Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit for his success in Green Bay now in hindsight and the success he's having in Dallas. The 49ers are a juggernaut. It's really hard to bet against them. 
But this year is not the same year for the Cowboys. This year does not feel the same. There's something a little magical. There's some there's some pixie dust in the air for the Cowboys. And before the season, I had this team going to the Super Bowl. If they if they had Trayvon Diggs, oh boy. If they had Trayvon Diggs still, oh, you know, I'm picking them to go. All right, Joel, Listen, calm down. Calm down I, I over think, there. I think the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah, they got a real shot to go to the Super Bowl. The Eagles, right. they don't now, got a chance. Now, they don't when got we a were chance. doing when we were coming up with the topics, right? I I, I knew <laughs> I knew something like this was going to happen. So in the topic list, I said, "Are the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl?" Joel, are the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl? Yes or no, sir? I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl. I am. I Mr. think Rizzo this Cowboys home. team is different. Opinion on that? I just I just find it funny as fuck because I think. Everything you said about Eagles versus Cowboys is fine. That's nothing. I like. I didn't win. So I didn't. I was watching. The one thing that knocked my noggin, the one thing that kind of woke me up, was like, I think Dallas is the is the team that can beat the Niners, and that's the thing that confused me because they beat them by forty and then got better since that moment. They Definitely. got Chase Young, Debo got back healthy, Brock Purdy got better from that. Like he's also say Dallas got better. No, Their for sure they better. did. But I feel like the Niners have shown that a little bit more by beating the Jaguars by thirty points beating Philly by 30 points. So my question to you, Joel, is I did laugh because it was a little funny, but um, what makes you what, like what's giving you the confidence outside of this Eagles game? Cause the, the Niners did the same thing that the Cowboys didn't have done much more in terms of beating the Cowboys, like beating both NFC top teams like that. So what, what gives you the confidence that this team right now, the team that the night, the Cowboys didn't even play, they didn't play this Niners team. And I think they're a much better team than that before. What gives you the confidence that this is the team that can beat the Niners? If you just mentioned it, they're a juggernaut. They're probably the easily the best team in the league right now. This is a different Dallas Cowboys football team. And I look at the 49ers' biggest weakness. It's their offensive line. Trent Williams is as steady as they come. He will have that side locked down. And they probably will help the right tackle by chipping George Kittle, Kittle and whoever's on the right side. But what Dallas has been doing is that they've been lining up Micah Parsons across the line. So Micah is going to get favorable matchups either on the inside or on the Niners' right tackle. And if they can get pressure on Brock Purdy, I think that can throw off the timing of the Niners' offense. Week 5 was a dominant performance. The 49ers beat the brakes off the Cowboys. But in my lifetime, I remember seeing a lot of blowouts in a regular season. And come playoff time, Teams come back and they get their lick back. I mean, the the Cowboys. I think this is a different team. I hear Micah. I hear Micah Parsons saying after on his podcast on Bleach Report that next time they see the Niners, they're gonna be better. They're gonna be more prepared. And I kind of buy into that. I kind of buy into this new mindset. I'll say this. I do think the Cowboys versus the Niners will be a lot better than that first meeting. Yeah, I will take the Niners. I'm going to take the Niners. I would hope that. It's but, just like they've beaten them at every level of their life as we have seen. Last three years. So, like, we're, we're and like they've owned them and they keep, and as much as Dallas, and this is no slight to Dallas, Dallas has gotten better from that point on. Dallas has been grooving and they showed that last night or two days ago. But also, what we're forgetting is the I'm Niners got better from both, like from that blowout too. They're the ones that blew out Dallas and then got better. So I don't know where's the like. They like both the got better. Yeah. They both got better. But I think that for Dallas, and we could talk about the last three years and 
it feels like every Cowboys fan, and listen, we're not, nobody here is up here as Cowboys fans, but every Cowboys fan every year says this is our year. So I think that's what made, at least made me laugh when he said this feels different. Because <laughs> I feel like every year when we're talking about Dallas, people are always saying this is different. But I'll be up here lying. I'm taking my L on Mike McCarthy. I'm taking my L on Kellen Moore. I'll take that because I thought going into this, just say? like Joel said, huh? What'd you say? That I thought just Kellen say it Moore. Out loud. Just say it out loud. I don't know. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. I, I'm not even Bowl. saying that because I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But I'm oh. saying Mike McCarthy being one of the better offensive minds in the NFL. Oh, leading okay, okay. right now, I believe, is the number one ranked scoring offense. It's either them or the 49ers. They're one and two basically all season. I didn't know Mike McCarthy would be able to do this. I thought he was, like Joel mentioned, kind of a, a rugged coach who wasn't always uh, you know, quick to, to change and use motion and things that we've seen work in the NFL. But he's been doing that. And, you know, it's not a it's not a slight to him because he had you know success with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers but I was keen in on those last few years in Green Bay where every single year everyone was having them in that Super Bowl conversation and every single year they would come up short a lot of times again to the San Francisco 49ers um, even with Aaron Rodgers but McCarthy's done a great job I do think that this is the best chance they have to beat San Francisco in San Fran it's the best chance they won't. I don't think they'll do it, Type but I think this is the best chance they have because this is the best Dak Prescott's played in his career. Sure. This is one of the best coaching performances, in my opinion. I think Mike McCarthy has had in his career. You have CD Lamb playing the best football of his career. That's you have amazing. a defense that's been playing pretty well all season long, although against the, some some bottom level competition. That Seattle <laughs> game still is going to stick in my mind, where you know they didn't have a great game there. Bounce back though against Philly and had a great game against them. They were able to overcome against Seattle. They defense were. wasn't great, but yeah. the offense went tit for tat with them. Yeah, but I i mean, I trust this Dallas offense, man. It's hard not to. The only team, well, let me say this. The only team right now with both an offense and defense top seven since week six, that game versus the Chargers. We're talking After about, their bye, right? No, this is before their bye. So that game versus the Chargers, then they hit their bye week seven. Okay. Oh, yeah, so from that point on, the game that we look at and think, hey, this was the moment that Dak Prescott and this offense for the Cowboys turned it around. We're talking about the number one offense in terms of EPA per play. And we're talking about Dak Prescott, the number one quarterback in terms of EPA per play. And defensively, top seven. Mm -hmm. So they're playing at an amazing level right now. But when Brandon Audrey, who's he, turned into the one of the best in the kicker NFL. in football. Honestly, if you said he was the best kicker, he probably has been. He hasn't yeah, so missed this Special year. teams is hitting, offense is hitting, defense is hitting. The only thing, I think the only thing he's missed this season were extra points. I think he has two missed extra points. That's hilarious. But or say 50 yards. No, he was, he was on one. But when you just take a step back and look at the San Francisco 49ers, the way that Brock Purdy's playing, the way that Debo Samuel has elevated since returning, in my opinion, I understand that Ayuk has been. Ayuk had 140. Yeah. Debo had 130. Yep. And CMC yep. had 140. Yep. <laughs> yep. I look at the versatility <laughs> that of that offense. Crazy. That's why so it weapons. makes them so unstoppable. And I think Kittle had 100 too. But, Joel, I ask this to you because I know your opinion on Brandon Ayuk. You've definitely been here for the hype train. But I still firmly believe that the best wide receiver on that team is Debo Samuel for the versatility that think wide receiver or weapon? I think weapon. I think well, weapon wep if it's weapon, I'm going CMC. But I'm saying out of those two. Just those two? Like, even you got a kiddo, I think. Weapon makes more sense. Wide receiver. I, think I do think Ayuk is a better, I think he's better route runner. The I thing is, it's hands. not like Debo doesn't have amazing route tree of yeah. his own. Ayuk he still like, has some uh, great hands. No, for sure. His yeah, separation right, right, that he's getting is ridiculous. But again, what he's able to do after the catch, yeah. just how, how shifty he is on top of it, right, how strong there. he is, and his ability to break tackles is also the work that he gets in the backfield. I think that when we see Debo Samuel healthy, 
it's kind of as if they allowed last year to fog people's memory on who Debo Samuel was just the year before that. Sounds where you know, like just Brock pretty make players better, man. I mean, one ones, you, man. Definitely, you definitely could get into that conversation. Some that guy, man, you know, he just makes Ayuk a top 12 receiver, you know, Tom. brings Debo back to life. Ah, man. I wouldn't say Debo was gone, though. I just think that Debo was People, not healthy. Niners fans were definitely calling for him to go. Which was ridiculous to me. Yeah. Which was ridiculous to me. Because the only thing I'll say is prior to his breakout season two years ago, yeah. the issue was that he couldn't stay on the field. But when we finally mm -hmm. saw him 100%, we saw him play at a top five level. Last year also was banged up. And when he was on the field, he wasn't as productive. Nowhere near as productive. But this year, for the rest of the season, how can I anticipate anything other than Debo Samuel to be great so long as he's on that football field? Now he's looked great. He's Brandon Ayuk is a better receiver than Debo Samuel. I, I love Debo, and I've been a big fan of Debo. In fact, we had that debate a long time ago whether we're taking Debo or DK or AJ, and I was very high on Debo before he had his breakout season, before Excellent. he was an all-pro. Brandon Ayuk is a better receiver. Debo gets a lot of mismatches because they move him across their offense all the time. He's in the backfield matched up against a linebacker or in the slot matched up against a Nickels, um, nickel corner or a safety. Brandon Ayuk is getting one-on-one -on -one coverages against top-flight cornerbacks, and he is having his way. Debo Samuel, I would say he has a good route tree. Like he does, he doesn't have the route tree of Brandon Ayuk, though. I mean, Debo Samuel can win intermediate at times. He can win over the top with a good matchup. But Brandon Ayuk, I mean, every route in the book, in the route tree, he runs at one of the best levels in the NFL, whether it's a corner route, whether it's a dig, whether it's a comeback, whether it's a curl, whether it's a seam, whether it's a slant. I mean, everything Debo, I mean, Ayuk is at the top of the league at. And listen, the 49ers have an offensive supporting cast of Monstars, and I want to just make this clear. I think very early on, I took credit away from Brock Purdy when he had these guys because early on, Brofie. he was making a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of turnover-worthy plays in his game. But these these past couple of weeks, there have been more big time throws. He has been limiting mistakes more. I don't know if Brock Purdy's making Ayuk better. I think Ayuk has always been great. What needed to catch up with him was the discipline aspect, which was blocking. And I think now he has turned into one of the best blockers at the position. But we're talking about an offense that features four all pros. I think because they're all on the same offense, they all can't be an all pro. But George Kittle is capable of putting up top two tight end numbers every year. He just sacrifices for the offense. He's an all-pro. Debo's an all-pro. I think Ayuk is an all-pro caliber player. CMC is an all-pro. And Trent Williams, we know, has been one of the better left tackles in the NFL. Brock Purdy's playing really well. I think Ayuk is a better receiver among him and Debo Samuel because I just trust him to win one-on-one -on -one matchups against better corners more consistently. But I want to say this about Dallas, and this is what Riv asked me earlier in terms of what gives me hope. The regular season isn't the end-all, be-all. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, and this happened a very long time ago. The Patriots smoked us when we went to the AFC Championship, and we beat the Patriots on the road to go there. We beat them. And I feel like sometimes when teams dominate you in the regular season, you are more hyped up for the second matchup because you want to show that you can beat that team. There's no, there's no denying. The 49ers have been the Cowboys' boogeyman. But the year that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in 2020, the Saints were the boogeyman for the Buccaneers. They beat them 38-3, to 
in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, the Bucks got their get back. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we could be looking come playoff time for a very competitive Cowboys and Niners game. And there's a chance the Cowboys can come out on top. I think they're the best matchup for the Niners. The Eagles defense is too wishy-washy for me to have any faith in them containing a top flight offense. The Cowboys offense, sometimes offenses can get their way on their defense, but for the most part, you trust the personnel they have out there and you trust Dan Quinn. They're the best matchup, but their run defense does scare me a little bit. I just want to make that point on Dallas. The regular season isn't the end-all be-all when it comes to who dominates who. Yeah, I just think the difference is that Jets defense leaves me got smoked by the Pats. You had the personnel. Like the Jets defense that year was one of the best in the league, and they had a terrible game. Remember, Jim Leonard ended up getting injured. Um, he was like the signal caller for that defense where we end up losing 45 to three. I don't think Philly's got the personnel. That's the bigger issue than anything. I don't think it's even matchup dependent. I think it doesn't matter if you go against San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas, whoever it is, the opposing offense can be able to score. Like, I really don't have much faith at all unless they're able to attack the quarterback, get sacks, and turn the ball over. Like, if the quarterbacks don't have any sort of time, I just really don't trust the this pass defense. You know, run defense is one thing. I think they'll they'll do they do a decent job at least limiting that. But if teams just gonna keen in on, we could throw the ball all day over these guys. I mean, you don't have to run the ball a ton. It's not like Tony Pollard's out there rushing for 150 yards. He had a good game, had some big plays. Um, and this even felt like I know they won by what was it, 20 some points, but yeah. this was like by like not the cleanest Dak Prescott game. Like we've seen so many better Dak Prescott games. He missed a couple of throws. But they still seven of nine drives ended in points. They were nine 16, third down, 36 to 24 minutes of time of possession. I think that's huge. You know, Joel mentioned it kind of a lack of identity from Philly. These last two, three years, it's been dominant time possession, run the ball, you know, give the defense some rest. Defense is out there 36 damn minutes. That's going to make a bad defense look even worse. So overall, you know, credit to Dallas. They, uh, shit, man, they beat their ass. Um, now, another NFC team. Oh, <laughs> did play this weekend. I just want to say something. Oh, still related to yeah, Eagles yeah, I and just, Dallas. I just want to um say something. Dallas gets their credit. You know, they beat us. Niners whipped their ass last week. I think it's interesting, and I think it's with all due. You know, I think I think it's very opportunist that people are just counting us out, and mm. I and I understand it. You like you that? I, I understand it. You know, we lost to the Niners. We lost to the um to the Cowboys. Before that, we was on a five game win streak. They still counted us. Don't out. forget the six hardest games. I said this on the fantasy reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had six really tough games against damn near Super Bowl caliber teams, or in that bubble at least with Miami, Dallas twice, Kansas City, Buffalo. Go four and two. Yeah, I just, and I and I, and but I like I, I said, you go four and two. The four wins were great. The two losses sure. were horrendous. And I, and, I, and I think that's where the, the noise is coming from. And I, that's why I said I understand it. I, I understand it. It's justified. All I want to say is don't sleep on us. <laughs> don't forget. There's not just two teams in the NFC. We're going to be sitting right there in the second round. And if we play Dallas, that's going to be a dog fight. If we play the Niners, God bless our soul. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all, I, all I'm saying is... Don't sleep on us. That's Don't forget, there's still another top team in the NFC. We're not the Lions. I'm going to keep saying that. We're not the Lions. We're not Seattle. We'll be back. That's why, again, the number two seed is going to be important because Dallas could, you know, probably wins round one. They'll be heavy favorites no matter who they play, I'm assuming. But round two, they might have to go to San Francisco right away off a of bye. Might. That's something you want to avoid if you can. Now, you mentioned the Lions. 
as you you don't believe that the Eagles are the Lions. Now that Lions were just upset by the Chicago Bears on the road. Upset. Uh, pick, I say upset, thank you, because I felt as if nobody here believed that the Lions would lose, except me, even though I'm the guy who supports the Lions the most here, ironically. And now there's being questions asked, or now some some of the Lions' problems are being more emphasized than they have in the past because they lost the Chicago Bears, a, a, a team that we anticipate to be very high in the draft order. But very sneakily, I think Chicago Bears are not as bad as their record says. Their defense has been playing at a very high level. And with Justin Fields, you trust that this offense can be competent and DJ Moore plays at an insane level. But let's stay on task with the Detroit Lions. Last night, we watched the Miami Dolphins Two great games. blow a 15-point lead in the last 13 minutes of the game. Oh, excuse me, the last three minutes of the game to the Tennessee Titans. A well, very, was- very tough loss that I had to watch, that I watched the Dolphins defense that has been great for multiple weeks now, was even great in this game versus Tennessee. Had moments of being great. Was getting to the quarterback, just couldn't finish enough of the job down the stretch of the game. Uh, caused turnovers. Uh, made Will Levis feel, uh, look a little bit uncomfortable early on. But then suddenly something happened. Tennessee's offense kind of flipped the switch. We saw DeAndre Hopkins look prime. D-Hop make some insane catches. Got away with a little OPI on a on an Xavier Howard. But regardless, was still able to dominate. Derrick Henry wasn't efficient. I think 17 for just under 35 yards, but was still able to get into the to the end zone twice. Now, both of these teams did lose this weekend. Which team are you worried about more, the Lions or the Dolphins, Mr. Dells? I, I want to oh, hear you your. I want to hear your answer, Drew. I want to hear Drew's answer. I would love to go first. Listen, my answer is easy. If you want to go first, I I, I'll defer. You know, I got a lot of slack for putting them as the 20s. You had them 20. They're not 21st, 20. They're not 20. And I They're top 15. That, I understand. I was, but I felt like we we could now. We could come they're to They're not a 20. No, listen. Listen. That's what I'm saying. They're not 20, but they're not one. That's what, no, no, they're <laughs> not I understand. Never had them one. I understand I was a little crazy for putting them in the 20s. But you had them a little too high. They were I high. had them they were a high. little too low. I came to the season at nine. So I'm saying I feel, like, I feel like that's still a little too high. I feel like we can come to a comfortable Are Detroit in your top ten? For power rankings? Yes. Uh, I, 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 I guarantee you it. it well, if they a are, lot of injuries, like nine, a lot of injuries have happened yeah. and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think the answer is very easily the Detroit Lions. Uh-huh. And I think it's the, it's not just it's not just cuz of team construct. I think you have to also look at the landscape of where you're at, the landscape of who you're going to play. And I think that is most important. I always look at that more than I look at the team cuz I think both teams are not similar, but I think Miami has a much more explosive offense. I think both offenses lack that experience at the quarterback in high-level moments moments in the playoffs. I think Jared Goff has shown you this year that he can lose you a game and he can sometimes make stupid Definitely. decisions. I think Tua hasn't shown you that elevation yet in those high-level moments. Tragic. And I think, you know, a lot of things went wrong in that Titans game. Their whole offensive line pretty much got banged up. Tyreek went out. So I'm not, like, looking at that too much. I'm really focused on them defenses because I think defensively, Miami had a stretch where they were playing good. They were healthy and stuff like that. And then against the Titans, they kind of put up a dud. You know, 14 in three minutes is kind of nuts against the Titans and Will Levis. That shit is actually embarrassing. It you hurt. should actually really like look it at hurt. that. No, trust you know, me. I insane. did, and I was hurt. But then Detroit's defense, ever since Baltimore put the belt to the ass, they have not been the same. Like, Baltimore really knocked their defense back millenniums. Like, it's, it's insane <laughs> how bad they've been since Baltimore whipped their ass. So, and I look at the landscape. You know, Detroit, I don't think, has a chance to beat the Eagles, the Cowboys, or uh, the Niners. I think uh, the Eagles would probably give them, because their defense, they can probably score up and down. But I think in the AFC, 
You look at Kansas City. Their offense is vulnerable. Of course, you trust Mahomes and Reed, but do you trust anybody outside of them? Kelsey looks old and banged up. Their wide receivers, Rasheed Rice is good, but he's not the same consistent player. Do you trust Baltimore? Yes and no. Lamar, the experience, obviously, and then Zay Flowers, a rookie. Odell, he's past his prime, obviously. Offensively, maybe, right? Do you trust Cleveland? No, they don't have a quarterback. Do you trust Cincinnati? They get it. Is Joe Burrow playing? We don't know. Do you trust Buffalo? Yeah, you probably trust Josh Allen, yes, but that defense you can still go up and down the field on. Yep. So there's so many questions with every team. Like, I can keep going, but there's so many questions with every team in the AFC. The reason why I don't lean Miami is because they can catch a team on a bad night. They can catch a team where they the, the matchup is dependent in the NFC for Detroit. I just feel like there's not a real matchup that can get them to their inevitable goal. And that's obviously, I think, getting out the first round. I think they can lose to the Rams in the first round. Uh-huh. Like, I think that's a matchup that they could be scared of. Seattle, if they I'm get in. I'm glad he's in on the Ramley. If Seattle, if they get in, Seattle could upset them. So I think Detroit I don't know has, has more opportunities to be uh, upset. And I think their defense is a real concern. That's for Miami. You know, it's it had a bad day, but they have Jalen Ramsey, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard, you know, Christian Wilkins. Like, they have guys that you understand can make plays. That's for Detroit. Outside of Aiden Hutchison, I don't think they have any. And even, even then, we haven't seen them in the playoffs. What is he going to do? You know, we, you can see you can easily scheme up against them. They just don't have enough stars on that side. So, for me, the, the answer is easily the Detroit Lions. If you think I'm going to get up on this microphone and talk on the Miami Dolphins, you're out of your mind. I can talk about how they definitely blew it last night. Undoubtedly. 15 points. I think there's no team in NFL history. I think they were and over 700. I think it was like 753, if I'm not mistaken. That's hilarious. With that type of situation, no team has ever come back and won. For the first time in NFL history, uh, they were able to accomplish that feat yesterday. It was definitely it tough to sit there. I'm not going to even argue that. It was definitely tough to, to see that defense collapse the way that they did and Will Levis put on a masterclass against a Miami defense that has played great uh, for these last few weeks since that game versus Kansas City. But you look at the injuries that Miami did go through last night alone. Connor Williams, torn ACL out for the season. We saw Tyreek in and out of the lineup. Already in a game where Teron Armstead, Robert Hunt did not play. Their three best offensive linemen injured and not playing in that game. Of course, the Tennessee Titans were going to get pressure on Tua. Tua has been one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League. That is a credit to him and his ability to get to, to make quick reads and get the ball out quickly. But they were just swarming him with pressure all game long, really was not able to get comfortable. And especially once Tyreek came out of the, the, the game, the offense definitely looked lackluster. But you can also look at when Tyreek was in the game for, for his one, two drives. They still only put up three points. So it's their offense still was able to move vertically when Tyreek was on the field. Then they had that fumble in the red zone. And then when they were in the red zone, we saw Tennessee use its strength where they are the best red zone defense in football. Are you watching the Lakers right now? No, I'm watching uh, uh, Celtics and uh, we're getting Cavs. Smoked. Garland just fucked white up. Like, it was crazy. Like, <laughs> That's like, tough because Derek White's been OD this season. No, he's season. a great – yeah. just fucked him up. I'll show him later. Don't worry. So when it that comes to, to red zone yeah, defense – <laughs> I mean, that, that message in the group chat, Derek White, right? Yeah. <laughs> What did you say about Derek White? I say he's better than Garland. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that now. You're fucked, buddy. But when it comes to red zone defense, the Tennessee Titans are number one. And on the opposite side, Miami Dolphins, when it comes to scoring in the red zone, they're also the number one defense. I mentioned early in the season, there's been no quarterback outside of Russell Wilson better than Tua Tungvalo in the red zone. But for whatever reason, when they got into the red zone in that first half and early in the second half, they, they would run, they would run, they would run, and then suddenly they would not use most of it. They would not get a chain involved. But once they got these turnovers near the red zone, 
Then that's when Moster was, of course, able to punch it in. He got his two scores uh, and also helping feed the narrative that running backs can have success post 30. Yeah, Ironically enough, Moster, who struggled with injuries his entire <laughs> career, he's finally putting it together and having himself a career year. The play calling was was pretty questionable last night, especially down the stretch, third and three, calling a screen pass there, not being aggressive, trying to to move the ball down uh, to to get, of course, the first down that would ultimately put the game out of reach to turn it back to turn the ball back over to your defense that had already been getting gashed all second half long. I definitely look at McDaniel, but then of course you have to look at my guy Tua has the chance to go down the field and put the, his team in a position to kick the game winning field goal. The pressure was just too much in terms of just the actual pressure that he was getting felt. The offensive line wasn't able to hold up. He wasn't able to get the ball out in time. And then, of course, they turn it over on downs to it takes a sack to, to, to end the game, essentially. But you look at the Detroit Lions. This is the team to be more concerned about because they're actually not good at a level. I still look at the Miami Dolphins. I still believe that their do- that their defense can be good. They definitely were 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 missing Javon Holland. That's definitely a huge loss for them. And Jalen Phillips, for him being out for the season, that's going to hurt. But it's not as if they played bad for the entire game. That's not the case at all. Defense fell off in the second half, no doubt, but made some timely plays in the first. Now Detroit's defense is horrendous. Their secondary is not good. They really can't get that much pressure. They were a great run defense early on in the season. That's seemingly gone. They're not a good rush defense by any means. And now we're seeing Jared Goff have to shoulder a good amount of the load offensively or just as the team at all for them to have any chance to play winning football, and he hasn't been able to do so. You look at the Chicago Bears, their defense has been playing at a high level. I've stated that multiple times on this show before, and if you watch the fantasy reaction. So I didn't feel the most confident with the Lions coming in to this matchup regardless. But for Jared Goff to go out there and lay the dud that he did, it just only lays the foundation moving forward with the lines that, yeah, this team is probably going to host a playoff game. Yes, this team probably will win the division. But like Joel mentioned on his last overreaction for last week, they are closer to a first-round exit than they are the NFC Championship. That is a pretty easy statement to make. It wasn't an overreaction then. It's not an overreaction now. This defense seemingly is not good. However... You can go into next season, address those holes. Understand, we do need people in the secondary. We need people that we need one more pass rusher. We need one more edge rusher. And and honestly, there's been a move that's been circulating all around Twitter that I think is definitely not happening. If this team were to do this, it would just only speak more volumes to how poverty they are as a franchise. If I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm doing everything in my power to go and get Justin Herbert on my team because Jared Goff obviously is not going to elevate our team to where it needs to be or where we want it to go if I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I have Amon Ross St. Brown. I have Jamison Williams, whose talent's being wasted over there because my quarterback just cannot sling it deep down the field. It seems as if my offense just does not get him involved enough. Josh Reynolds is, it has a connection with Jared Goff. I have no doubt in my mind that that – Justin Herbert can come in here and obviously elevate all these guys the same way that Jared Goff is, except he would only reach a higher level. And Samuel Porter, we understand the talent that that he is with the Jameer Gibbs, with the David Montgomery, with that great offensive line that the Detroit Lions have. If I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm doing everything I can humanly possible to get Herbert on my team because where it looks at right now with the Los Angeles Chargers, they're not winning anything anytime soon. It does not matter how great of a football player Justin Herbert's been, where he's going to finish this season, 20 touchdowns, seven INTs. He's going to be out for the rest of the year with this broken finger on his throwing hand. This defense is so bad that it does not matter what Justin Herbert does on the offensive side of the ball. They will not be able to win anything until they address that. And with that contract that Justin Herbert's going to have, 
it only cripples them more in terms of the moves that they can make to try and make this roster better. Because seemingly with that contract, it's going to really hinder what they can do moving forward. If I'm Detroit, I try my best to get Herbert on my squad because he makes us a championship threat. Go ahead, Mr. Moran. Oh, dude, you're muted. You're, you're muted. so you're muted. muted. You're muted. Where, where are you? Bro, bro. I want to give a shout out to Andre Ali for donating $50 and saying Joe Barry is a war criminal, which, I mean, listen. Joel, playing, what happened to your beautiful camera? Playing, listen, it, it went out. My cam link right now is overheated, so I'm using my webcam right now. Okay, 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 okay. We had to address the obvious. <laughs> but Joe Barry, I mean, playing soft coverage against the Giants with the game on the line, I mean, I, I just don't know, man. This guy, shout out to Andre, though, for the $50. Thank Super you, Andre. Game. We appreciate you, brother. You know, Drew, it's very obvious when you like a player because Jamison Williams oh. is not gar- is not good. He's garbage. He's garbage. 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 Is garbage. No, this guy's Jameson Williams is trash. Got it. Garbage. And garbage you're never is, the GM of my garbage football. Garbage is crazy. Garbage is crazy. But and I don't think you could just put on Jared Goff the reason why Jamison If you give him Justin Herbert, I'm willing to guarantee we're talking about a 1,000-yard receiver. If he can't make Quentin Johnson good, he can't make James. We Lee. saw Quentin Johnson pretty solid with Easton. And and you know what? This is a thing, man. This topic is supposed to be if we're concerned more about the the Lions or Dolphins. I think we all know what the Lions are. Like outside of Drew on the show. I mean, nobody was hyping this team fuck? up to be a Super Bowl team. Nobody was hyping this team. Nobody was hyping up this team. Nobody was doing it. Nobody was doing it. Super Bowl team. And two, if he's gonna let me go down this ship alone, go with him. I'll be fucking with him. Don't you dare do that. Don't you fucking dare. I love the Lions and I love their story, but that's exactly what they are. They're a great story. They're not a great football team. There are still obvious holes on this team. When you look at the defense, they cannot generate any pressure without blitzing. They don't have a consistent pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson has been propped up to be the star, but he's a one-trick pony. He can't win outside with his bend. He has to, for the most part, power rush over tackles and if he's not as strong as a tackle he loves using he loves attacking that inside shoulder and if he can't win that way he gets neutralized that's why the lines like lining him up inside a lot because he has a power advantage over guards and centers aleem mcneil is the best defensive lineman knowing this team he provides so much for them he's such a great run defender and he can even rush the passer somewhat the moves they made in the secondary were Mar, they got the marginally better. Like Camp Sutton's Camp okay. Sutton. He's not a lockdown corner. Really, the back end just needs an overhaul. Jared Goff did not play a bad game in this one. He didn't. He had that one fumbled snap. It wasn't on the center. Was it him? There was the interception he had, but I thought that was just a brilliantly disguised defensive scheme from Matt Eberflus. But later in the game in the fourth quarter, the Lions were in position to score, and he threw some rifles. To Amon Ra St. Brown that Amon Ra just dropped. He dropped two on the same drive that would have put the Lions in a great spot. that you highlighted that on Twitter. When he has to full extension dive, it's about to be on the ground, and it just smokes him right in the face. And then there was another one that Jaquan Brisker just punched it out. Okay, keep going. He, he's a he's a top he's a top ten receiver. You every week you tell uh, me how the league he is. 
He's and, been and nothing he, short of amazing this season. This really and, was his bad, first bad game. And I think and the honestly, problem with it's the Lions, Chicago's defense is better than what people think. because they're outside. And I think what the problem with the Lions, really, Amon Ra is a great intermediate threat. He can win short and intermediate. He's great against zone, and he can match up man against weaker corners. But on the outside, he's just not as dominant as other guys. And the Lions don't have a bunch of threats on the outside. There was a play versus zero coverage when Jared Goff gave Jameis William gave Jamison Williams a chance one-on-one down the field, and Jamison just did a terrible job tracking the ball. He had no idea where oh, we're was. blaming Jamison and, and not Goff for just missing that throw. Interesting. Because no, it wasn't a missed throw. He just Got tracked it. the ball terribly. Got I mean, it. Jamison He's not a good NFL receiver. I, I don't know what you want me to say. He's not a good NFL receiver. He's had a chance. He's in an offense with an OC that's ultra creative and has been creative with multiple players on the team. I mean, we're, we're seeing Sam Laporta about to set a rookie record for tight ends, and we're giving excuses to Jamison for not succeeding? I mean, come on, man. That, that's a joke. Uh, Jamison has just not lived up to his first-round pick billing, and it's as simple as that. If he lived up to it, the Lions offense will be better. Here's why I'm concerned about the Dolphins, though, because I know what the Lions are. The Lions are just happy to be in the dance. They're just happy to be in the playoffs. <laughs> the Dolphins, there's actually serious takes and serious thought process going into this team, maybe come being the team to come out the AFC. I don't know about you guys, but as long as they employ that quarterback to uh, I don't oh, <laughs> The other win. night. The other night I was watching football and I was just thinking about scenarios in my head. Okay, the AFC is pretty wide open. The Ravens can make it. The Chiefs can make it. If the Bills get in, I could see a Cinderella run where they make it. I even look at the Broncos and I'm like, they play great defense. They run the ball. Definitely Russ can. doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, e even I'm buying Still in on the here. Broncos. And then when I get to the Dolphins, I'm like, man, this team is talented. But nah, I'm not really worried about them making it. I'm mm -hmm. not. Something always goes wrong with the Dolphins, whether it's against the oh. Eagles, Tua throws a late interception in the red zone against the Eagles that would have tied the score up and made it oh, a but When I talk about play calling and receivers running the wrong routes, talk. I'm not allowed. Let them talk. Right, you're, let you're, them talk. You're, you're talk for like 17 minutes. You're always fucking interrupting somebody. Me interrupting Jesus, me. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm vacation. Oh, you know what? I understand oh this because this guy's the king of – also, this guy thinks he goes under the radar. I'm not listening. He I'm makes me fucking sick. I'm no. I'm talking to you. to my brother. He's spitting right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Spit. Go, oh, go ahead. Get that's it. why I'm not Talk surprised. Shit. Talk your shit, bro. You look at the Eagles game to a late game interception. If they would have scored, there would have been a one possession game. He throws an interception. You look at the Chiefs game. The ball slips out of his hand. And we're thinking, what the hell was that? Then takes a sack on fourth down. Then we're looking at this Titans game in prime time, you know, blowing a lead. I understand the defense deserves a lot of blame there, but. When you're the quarterback and all you need is two points to win the game, you got to get your team in field goal range. I saw Jordan right. Love get his team in field goal range against the Giants. I saw Jordan Love do it. If you're Tua, if you're Tua you got to get your team in field goal range with enough time to go. Time and time again, Tua comes up short. I don't think anybody – outside of delusional Dolphins fans actually trust this man come playoff time. 
Mm, you don't. Mm. He's never been there. So how the fuck can we know that he's going to be He's talking ready? about you, though. He, I, listen, of course, I'm going to ride for my guy. Like I said, I I'm a fucking rider. I see that. Yeah. If you think that I'm not going to stand 10 toes with my brother in Christ, you're out of your fucking mind. Because in big games, Tua disappears. I, was, I knew you would. It was yeah. a layup for anyone. Cool video is so funny. So, Joel, who do you, who do you, uh, what's the question? Who do you not trust more or who do you have more concerns? I'm with? more concerned about the Dolphins because they got more aspirations. I think the Lions have we'll tough decisions to make. We'll they have to make a decision on extended Jared Goff. And I don't know if I'd extend Jared Goff with how hey, he's playing know, right now. First time in he, my life, Joel. I'm not mad at you. I'm really not. I'm mad at this piece of shit over I'll here. I'll be honest. The Dolphins got the same question about extending Tua. They're going to do it. Oh, but they have the same questions with you're saying extending Jared like, Goff. Riv, why should I Tua? be surprised when this guy to my left over here told me that Tua was not a starting level quarterback? Why should I be surprised when this is coming out of his mouth when that's also what he had told me in the past? Why am I not surprised that he's telling me to shut up and listen to what this guy has to say? I think he just outside had a, of a respect factor. I think he just of fit, course you I've think seen, so. I've seen Tua multiple times this season with opportunities to go down the field. See, but again, scoring. when it comes to we're talking about Tua, right? He, he can talk about Jamison Williams not tracking the ball correctly, but when I talk about Jalen Wilder and Raheem Mostert running the wrong routes, oh no, it's yep. Tua through an interception. Waddle's been awesome. Bullshit. And, two, and when I vocalize Waddle being mid, no, he's a great receiver. He's supposed to be good. But what are we talking about I, on have, the way Have here? I not been saying Waddle's been disappointing he has all season been. long? And also something that also got vocalized that, that Tyreek put a quote tweet out that he kind of nipped in the bud too that this offense is trying to to get Tyreek Hill to 2,000. I do feel like this offense is too catered to, to Tyreek Hill. He player. is the best offensive weapon on this field. Yes, there should be a primary, a, a significant amount of plays drawn up for Tyreek Hill. But let's not forget that Jalen Waddle is a special talent in his own right. I don't think and he's sometimes, And sometimes he gets... No, he is a special talent. I mean, he broke, broke, he broke the, the rookie record for receptions in the season, followed it up with an even better sophomore season, here we are now. What is it? Year year three. Year three. He doesn't cool. look healthy to me. He's like, not healthy. Even, even when I saw him, uh, not knowing your was, plays is not a health thing, though. No, that's different. No, but I'm sure. saying that's even one instance. I'm though. saying that Jalen Waddle after his rookie season, I think people were talking like he could probably be like a low end wide receiver one, mm -hmm. right? He just doesn't look healthy to me when he had that crossing route. Uh, I don't know, maybe third links. quarter. Oh, not even that one. That he was got, early. He got blown up, but um, like third quarter maybe, and he's like. He outran defenders, but he outran them just horizontally and got to the sideline. Like, I think of Waddle's 100%. He's running around those guys. Tyree Kill, we know if he's 100%, he's running right probably through those guys or around them and up the sideline. Waddle doesn't look 100% to me. Um, Both these teams I have concerns with, the Lions and and uh, and Miami. I don't think either of these teams are making a, a conference championship game. They both have, have different have – different, uh, Who the mistakes. fuck's coming out? The Ravens and who? Um, I like the Bills more as we stand today. They got to get it. Uh, I think if the Chiefs and Dolphins played, I would pro I'd probably lean with the Chiefs still. I only respect it because that's the team that he stood 10 with. Uh, yeah, he's, he's he rode for the Bills. I respect he, he thought Miami could come out too. The no, there definitely was. No, there was a time where he definitely was high on Miami. Yeah, I mean, but Miami's now, still high. But now I'm, 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 um, I have questions about both these teams because I only say of recent because when we we do our power rankings and he yeah. constantly has them in the top 10. I, I was like, what always, are you doing? They're always like nine, 10 because yeah. they're just dangerous. Um, But both these teams have real question marks, right? I think the biggest issue for Detroit is, listen, the defense is real. The defensive issues are real, but I'm looking at their turnovers from weeks one through eight. We're looking at nine total turnovers here. If you're looking at the last four weeks, they have 10 turnovers. That's insane. They have an insane amount of turnovers. And Jared Goff, you know, 
whether it's miscommunication with the receiver to ball, whatever the case might be, he's turned the ball over way too much right now. Your defense is bad as is. You're giving these offenses more and more chances. They ended up even winning one of these games. It was the fourth turnover game in Chicago their first time. They lost to the Packers in this previous week. They lost to the Bears. Um, I have real concerns about Detroit. I think Joel's statement kind of of the expectations around them are valid. They're going to win the division, but if they go first game, they have to go and play Dallas. Like I think everyone pretty comfortably is going to have Dallas win that game. When I look at Miami, though, you could talk about the injuries on the offensive line, right? Tyreek Hill went down. Um, but listen, you're a big Tua guy, right? I've had my reservations about Tua. You want to pay Tua $300 million. I need him to go out and win that game. He last needs night. to overcome losing four starting offensive See, linemen, hey, losing hey, his Ray, number one wide receiver. This season? He lost all four offensive linemen? No, he did not. Yes, he. they, they were down to one starting offensive lineman in a game this season. They How long ago? I also want to chime in on this because Drew, and it was probably you too, Dells. I mean, y'all too, was, you are always the biggest culprit in this area. You guys <laughs> Get him. were slandering Joe Burrow when he lost an AFC championship game when he had four backup offensive linemen in that game. And he was facing one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. The Titans did not have Jeffrey Simmons in, in yesterday. The, the Titans did not have Jeffrey Simmons. So you want to criticize Joe Burrow for a he lackluster AFC championship three. performance, then criticize Tua, baby. Criticize Tua, because he still had them <laughs> guys. Go, that's what I was doing. Nico Autry, Auden Key, and Harold Landry had their fucking way last night. Four backup offensive linemen had to come in and play in this game versus Tennessee. And obviously, the names that I just listed, that is a solid trio of guys. And yes, you mentioned Jeffrey Simmons did not play. He's easily their best defensive lineman. But regardless, with that being said, what do you want Tua to do more in that situation? Yes, I even started with saying, in that position, you need to get into field goal range at least. I agree. Because you were just up 15. Your offense wasn't able to put this game away the drive before. Your defense let up, and now you're in this position because you couldn't end up sealing the deal. So yes, where Tyreek was able to get back onto the field, the pressure was still too much. He was sacked more this game than he was, was in any this other was a game. Team loss. This was a team loss. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the quarterback because that's why? what we do. It's the but NFL. Why? But this was a let's team talk loss. about I'm the looking, play calling. I, yes, let's I'm talk about at the Mike defense. McDaniel. I'm looking at you putting Jalen Waddle outside on the X every single play when he's not able to beat guys one on one on the outside. Why is he not moving into the slot more? Agreed. Why haven't you been running the ball more? Because damn Agreed. near all game long, they were able to gash them on the ground. I'm looking at this defense who led a fucking two touchdowns Insane. in the final three minutes of the game. But yes, I am also looking at Tua at the end of that game too. Like Tua isn't just not at fault here because he's under pressure. Brock Purdy has one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. He's able to get shit done. But at least his best offensive lineman is reliable and has been on the field. Yes, he did miss a couple games, but he's been playing a majority of the season. Teron Armstead, you cannot rely on him whatsoever. Austin Jackson's been awesome. Yes, he's in the lineup. They just gave him an extension. No Robert Hunt. Connor Williams goes out in that first quarter. And like I mentioned, Teron did not suit up for this game. What are we expecting? It's a team loss, but now it's it's out there that, I mean, this isn't news. This is Excuse me, this is uh -huh. news. Uh -huh. But you go out there, you pressure Tua. 
This is what this offense This isn't like. news. You're 100% right. We saw it with the Bills. We saw it with the Chiefs. We saw it with the Eagles. If you get pressure on Tua because this offensive line's unhealthy and definitely one that can get exposed, that's that's how you best get to Miami. I just, I just think but it's, that's why we see Tua's numbers be what they are in terms of quickest time to throw and obviously the lack of sacks that he takes because he's put in these situations where he has to get the ball out quick. If not, he's getting sacked. I think so. Doesn't this... Doesn't this scenario, this kind of game script, kind of prove that Tua is a limited quarterback, though? But he how? cannot create out of structure. But okay, like that's like we've seen pocket passes exist in this league. That's not the modern NFL, though. All the top guys can move. Tom Brady played till he was 45 years old. Tua is not Tom Brady. No one's saying he's Tom Brady, but pocket passers can obviously exist. Yeah, but there's a difference between a pocket passer that can read defense at the best game. level versus Tua, who and we saw. Out. We even saw in this game versus Tennessee moments where he had to get outside the pocket and did. And it's I just, think that you are giving Tua a little too much credit for not taking sacks when you have the quickest time to throw in the NFL. It's oftentimes because the first guy in the play is open, which means that Mike McDaniel is dialing up plays where the first guy is almost always open. So I think crediting Tua for being uh, ultra quick with getting the ball out of his hands and not taking sacks, that's more so because the play play call is so great that Tua doesn't have to consistently read out. Mike McDaniel was not great last night. I don't think he was good either. He wasn't good. I'm not saying he was good. I'm just saying in general, that's that time to throw. Tua consistently is being put in positions. Every single stat in that there is, Joel. But I'm saying Tua, Tua mo- consistently is being put in positions ever? where the first option you. is always open. I, I give my limitations. But what are we knocking him for if he's succeeding? I've never knocked that man a day in my life. <laughs> I think Purdy has limitations. I think Tua has limitations. Purdy's limitations, he's very he's short. You know, he can't, he's not really mobile like that. Uh, he's mobile enough, arm, but yeah, his arm mobile. Isn't, is isn't mobile enough, too. I think, I think Purdy is comfortable. He's, more mobile he's than, definitely than more mobile. But I don't think he, I don't, I think I wouldn't consider both of them mobile guys. They're not. Yeah. They're sit back. Purdy's know. actually a little ass dude. If you yes, he is. He's a little munchkin. You can see him next to his offensive line. Yeah. Like, how do you even see over that? He's line? not small. Like, I just like, think dude. this Dolphins offense is too damn good, too damn explosive. I think McDaniel's too good of a head coach's weapons to his ability to, you know, be a very good, accurate passer. I think they're too good overall to just like kind of one thing throw this entire thing off. Like Tyree Kill go- went one down. Thing? Tyree Kill went down. Four best receiver in football. Linemen. Best Rick, receiver in football. Please? Bro, he Rick, was you can, like I've you seen, can't just like quiet this whole time. Four Rick. offensive linemen Rick. out. Joel, Four? maybe you could get this too. I saw Tom. Joel, maybe get get with me here. Let's get Joel up here. I saw time. Well, I saw snap after snap here, last okay. night where Tua had time, and he was holding the ball. He was holding the ball. He was holding the ball, and, and he when? wasn't throwing it. When? Show me. Give me a time when. Give Throughout me a time the game. when. Throughout the game. Just when? give me one Once moment. Tyree Kill went down. So nobody was getting open, and obviously Tyreek comes back on the field. Tyreek gets open more than anybody else in the league. That's why Tua starts to die. That's correct. Why, that's why I said this offense is too good, and that's why I said this is a team it's loss. Too, it's Tyreek. This centric. is a team loss because this is on McDaniel. Thank this you. is on the offensive yes. line. This is on two. This is a team loss. List them. I think list them one, two, three. In terms who gets of most who, blame? One, two, I three. Last McDa- night, I think McDaniel is number one. Easy. I think McDaniel's easily number one. one. Uh, two and three. It's I, it's it's an easy. Answer. Well, offensive line is too. Yeah, but I, all right, I'm think, cool with that too. I mean, that Tennessee. We talked. No, where's the defense? Not that good. That, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
I need to see more when from Tyreek was on guy. the field. They were able to draw plays, and Tua was able to hit him. So, question: How do you know for a fact that when Tua was holding the ball, nobody was open down the field? You watched all twenty-two. <laughs> the all twenty-two has not come out yet for the game. You watched the game back. That's all that you need to do. No, but I'm saying, like, I don't think I'm not going to trust that there was receivers open, and Tua was just. Like and Tua was just not throwing the ball. Like I think the guy that he was throwing to the most in that second half was Cedric Wilson. Yeah. The balls that you saw, did you see the lack of separation that Cedric yeah, was I mean, drawing? Cedric. I, so exactly I, my point. That's I exactly think, my point. It's Tyreek Waddle who should be better than what he has that's why been. I McDaniel number one. McDaniel no, has to be number one. I think McDaniel is putting a little too much trust in Tua because oh he believes God. in Tua. everything comes back to Tua. You should know though. I should know. We do this with but, every quarterback. But, but again, if you watched the game yesterday, 15 points in three minutes is fucking insane. A third and three screen. We know that's insane. Ultimately, and I want all you guys to do this moving forward when you watch the Dolphins play. After three seconds where Tua holds on to the ball, count how many times, do a little exercise, how many times he makes a good decision Versus a bad decision. Nine out of ten so, times he makes a good one. The, there, lo- there the longer he's holding on to the ball, the more often he's making mistakes because he trusts the guardrails of the offense too much. And then when he's asked to do things out of structure, he cannot. And that's the main knock on Tua, and it always has been. He's put up some great stats. Those stats do not reflect the caliber of quarterback that he is. It, it wasn't the case last year. And last year when they had their toughest stretch, he struggled. And this year versus the tougher opponents, he has struggled as well. So I think the offense is hiding a lot of his limitations. You can say this game maybe is not on two. I think he has a huge part of it. He definitely does. Of course, like Dells mentioned, it's a team loss. The defense gave up. Points to Will Levis and the offense. Of course, we know. And, and that's a defense that was getting hyped up after facing some garbage offenses. Let's just point that out there as well. But I still think two is limited. And listen, I don't I think that they were receivers that were getting open and he just wasn't throwing the ball. He's a very hesitant quarterback when the picture isn't perfect. That's just who he has been. I don't agree, but you know what? Let's talk about another quarterback that is seemingly untouchable when it comes to conversations until this past week. Mr. Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs went up against the Buffalo Bills at home in Arrowhead, and the Chiefs came up short. Sure. Chiefs lost to the Buffalo Bills, and we all, game. we all predicted that the Buffalo Bills would win. However, I don't think that we anticipated for there to be this much controversy around the game where uh, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey makes a nice play, some, some good yards after the catch, decides to lateral it back to Kadarius <sighs> Toney. An so amazing so play. Just, just a one-of-one one, Travis Kelsey. All for it to be called back with Kadarius Tony being called then, for then, offensive you know, offsides. Some, some people's role models at this uh, panel that we have, you know, <laughs> he he goes up to Josh Allen, he, the worst fucking call ever. Like, dude, my guy, listen, you've already to, you're already coddled. To 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 Mahomes's to his defense, the next day he came out yeah. and he apologized. He uh, said, "What I did was wrong." Care? We don't care. I don't care, don't care because I like you don't after a game it. They'll say me and you quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? We friends, we quarterbacks, one of the best in the league. I'm not gonna tell you, yo, bro, that was the worst. I'm gonna Mickey yo, Mouse great, win. Like, what if I went up to your wrist? Mickey, Mickey Mouse win, bro. Saying that you shouldn't have won. It's, 
great game, bro. You played well. I'm not sure. And then I'm going to the podium like refs. What do we? That's when I speak my piece. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain just a level of respect there that you got to have. Like you know, I what agree. I'm saying? No, I agree. I do think it was the kind of culmination of everything that's happened yeah, yeah, this I, Chief season, where every game it, at this yep. point feels like we need to win. And this was a game where I was just For in sure. their reach. They thought they damn near and, and, won the game, and it just gets. And I tweeted. I tweeted this. I felt like. I felt like this was just more Mahomes being angry about everything else yep. happening, and he just he couldn't take it out on his players, so he took it out on his refs. Brother, man, Kadarius Tony was not only offsides for that play. Well, like, shout out to Olofsky, my dog. <laughs> you were offside all fucking game, brother. Like you was doing that all game. So he it's was like he was dramatically. Yeah, offside. he wasn't. wasn't and like and like Olofsky, shout out to my dog. You wasn't checking in with the refs, bro. You was you was bugging. So it's like that play. You were offsides. That's a big call. They didn't call it for, for the most part. They really didn't call it all game, but that was a big call. And it was the right call. You're upset that they made the right call at the right time. We get upset at refs for making the wrong calls at the wrong times, but that was the right call. Was. He was offsides. You know what I'm saying? And that wasn't the reason you lost the game. Like, you had that, plays that, after that, that. Yeah, you had plays after that, before that. That wasn't the reason you lost the game. You scored but, 17 points. Yeah, like the, the, the offense is mid. Talk. I mean, the offense the is mid, yes, but Buffalo's defense came to play. They did. Buffalo's it. defense came to play. Let's, let's start the game off, first of all. First of all, let's start off by this. <laughs> Josh Allen back against the wall. They already Must know. Win. Going in the arrowhead, they have never beat this team in the playoffs. They were 2-0 and in their last two means against Kansas City. They know. Do or die. Every, Josh Allen said, we're in playoff mode. It's playoffs every week. Do or die. What do they do? They go out there in the first half, and they look damn near flawless. You yeah. know, the... AJ Espenza, shout out to him. He forced a, a pick in the air, and then he got the interception. That was viral. Yeah, the defense played solid. You know, Razul Douglas made he some plays. Christian Benford made some plays. Like, this team made some plays, you know. Uh, the, the offense looked great in the first half. Second half looked a little stagnant. The Chiefs defense, as we expected, came out with a better came, game plan. But the throw out of bounds off the Ridiculous. back. One of the best throws. This is why he's one of the best in the world. Like he's and Latavius Murray was five yards away from the throw. He was like, "Fuck it, I know you're going to get it." And it was so Bills like to him for him to drop the ball. It was so like just like he gets it. Of course, he fucking fumbles the ball. And it's like it just culminates of what this Bills season has been of just nonstop bullshit after bullshit. Thank God they got the call, but. Josh Allen was really good in this game. You know, he's put his, uh, he did miss the Gabe Davis touchdown, which probably would have ended the game. With, it ended the game regardless, but he, he, he missed the Gabe Davis touchdown. But he was getting pressured all fucking game. Like, that pass rush was able to get to Josh Allen, but he was able to evade the pocket, get out, make some plays. Shout out to him. Diggs drops a couple screens. I guess he was scared to get hit a couple times. He's been doing that to the Philly, dropping some pass. But Diggs didn't play well. Gabe Davis didn't play well. This offense was able to move. This offense was able to get the W. So shout out to them. They're learning how to share the sugar. James Cook had a good game. I like you know, that. they're learning how to share the sugar. And this, this, <laughs> this, uh, sugar. like that was mentioned earlier, you don't want to see this team in the playoffs. This is a team. I think shout out to uh, Nico takes. He, he also said this shit on Twitter. The Buffalo Bills are the one team that you just don't want to see in the play. Like, you don't want to catch them. They got to come to your team. Like, it, in the first it feels round. like this is the worst regular season yeah, they've is, had in years. But it almost like, feels like oh this is God. the best chance they this got. This is like right? Miami Heat in the first round. AFC. Like, you just don't. Like, they. you don't think they're that good. But you, just for some reason, you don't want to see this team in the first round. They're going to give you all types of hell. They're going to aggravate you for 48 minutes. But uh, shout out to Buffalo. And just for Mahomes, for me personally. 
You don't do that, man. That's bad sportsmanship. You don't walk up to the quarterback who not you guys are cool. It's not professional at all. You you can say whatever you want at the podium <laughs> to the rest for sure. But that's I'm gonna keep it hundred. That's a bitch made move right there. That, that's that's <laughs> that's a bitch made move. You don't you don't walk up to the quarterback. Yo, bro, that's the worst fucking call I've ever seen. You don't that do crazy. that. That's, that's crazy, bro. That's making you tell him, bro, you really ain't should have won this game. Oh, but whatever, you know man. what I'm saying? I feel like you take that to the podium and speak on the refs, which he did. Which is like yeah. now you bitching even and more. Detail. Yeah, so it's like it's a little aggravate. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, next day he owned his rights. But at the moment, that's immature. You you better than that. You you a champion. You an MVP. Like you you know better than to do some shit like the that. The reason why this got blown up as big as it is was because he got caught after the game on a hot mic saying to Josh that it's the worst call he's ever seen. That's why it's got blown up as much as it has. Because if you watch Kansas City games. Mahomes is complaining about every he call does. after every he game. Does. This is something Mahomes does that is only getting spoken about now because he got caught on a hot mic talking to the other team's quarterback who won the game. This is something that Mahomes has done for, for God knows how long. I feel like I tweet about this every time I watch a Chiefs game where Mahomes, after every play, whether it's a, 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 a like a half-second late hit or, or he feels like his, his defender's getting interfered with, he's sprinting beeline right to the referee, and he's complaining to him trying to get a whistle. Joel has said it in the past, too, or he said it in his on his show at the Joel V. Moran show. Go ahead and give that a listen. I think it's just Joel, Joel Moran show. Okay. Uh, but he said that there's been times where you look at the Chiefs and they've had calls benefit them. And he's obviously not complaining about that those calls because why the hell would you? Because they're obviously playing a not not the whole part in, in, in helping you win a game, but definitely calls that go in your favor you're never going to complain about. We've seen some moments this season where definitely calls have gone against the Chiefs more so than in recent memory. The one that comes to mind would be that MVS pass interference that was not called, no doubt about it. That definitely was a flag. But in this situation, you were dead wrong. And you were extremely loud about it. That's why it's it's as bar embarrassing as a look as it is. But again, if you watch the games with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know that this is not something new with Mahomes. But what's new about it was after the game, the way that he interacted with the other team. That is something that you don't do. But this was a tough loss for the Kansas City Chiefs, no doubt. Eight and five, one game now behind them. Those Denver uh -oh. Broncos... The hottest team in the league just keeps on rolling. We had a little bit of a hiccup last week. We're going to talk about the Broncos a little bit later, so let me not get ahead of myself. But now they're kind of putting their backs against the wall where, hey, every game from here on out is a must win because those Broncos are riding those heels. And wouldn't it be some shit from the depths of hell, those Denver Broncos come out of nowhere and win the AFC West. That would just be a fairy tale ending to an amazing five movie. Five one in the division. Us no, the or Chiefs. the Chiefs. I do know that. Yeah. I do know that. You got to win some. You know, no, we have to go. You got to hope we, they lose. We have to beat. You can't tie with them. No, we, we can have the same. Oh, you're right because they, they have, have the, the five and one. Yeah, you're 100 right. They were in the second tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. If I'm not, you're 100 right. They're uh, they're three and one. The division looks like. Yeah, oh, and three. no, but no, he's they're saying three they, and one. You he, guys are two. And we're two. two and two. Yes, we lost to the Chiefs. We lost yeah. to the. They're Raiders also six one. and two in the conference, though. So you, you need, lose the you third need to get tiebreaker because we lost to to Miami. We lost to the Jets, and we lost to. Uh, so the, you would the lose the, the, the second and third tiebreakers. Yeah, you, yeah, we're cooked. You're cooked. We're cooked. Yeah, we're cooked. cooked. It's not we, as, now we, not we need them to win. We need them to lose two games. Yeah, they, you need to keep winning. Their only schedule is rather it's nice. so easy. Yeah. Uh, the only game that you can look at and think eh, this one could go either way would be that Bengals game, just because the Bengals have won some games that we thought that they no, they have the better quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Say it again. Interesting. Of the Bengals, they have uh, a great quarterback out there, Jake Brown. Yeah. Oh, better oh. than Mahomes. Oh, Burrow. Oh, Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to fucking. No, no, no. But but 
when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, th- their issue is obvious still. It's this offense. We still see them now relying on Rasheed Rice more. Okay. Rasheed Rice had himself a great ball game, my- still fumbled the ball. That was pretty tough of them. Next. But the defense kept them right in this game, 20-17. to 17, The Chiefs still had their opportunities to win this game outside of that one play that, of course, Travis Kelsey being Travis Kelsey, making a one-of-one type play. But even outside of that one play, there still were moments that, that Mahomes still could have overcame. Let's hear uh, top Mahomes glazer, uh, Joe <laughs> But again, before he goes, I'll give him his benefit of the doubt and his credit because he likes to speak to how unbiased he is. This was the most unbiased I felt like I've ever heard Joel uh, talk about Patrick Mahomes because he gave him the honest truth. I'm all ears. But go ahead, Mr. Moran. Talk to me. This was obviously Mahomes' worst moment that he's had in the NFL from a PR perspective. With that came a lot of backlash and controversy, and this was not a good look. He came across as a sore loser. But having time to reflect on this moment, I mean, what all-time great players are not sore losers? Tom Brady was a sore loser. Tom Brady didn't handshake any opponents that beat him. After he would lose games, he would go straight into the tunnel and he wouldn't acknowledge anybody. Michael Jordan, there are a laundry list of receipts on how hard he took losses and how much of an a-hole he was in games. I thought the worst part of this was the Josh Allen clip. That's indefensible. No matter what happens in the game, no matter what call happens, you can't complain to somebody else on the team about that. You just can't. It's as simple as that. So this was a terrible moment. But listen, I'm glad Josh Allen got this win because I want the Bills to be in a playoff so the playoffs can be the most entertaining playoffs possible. So I'm glad that happened. For the Chiefs, the issues are the same issues that were there in week one, but I'm kind of getting tired of this narrative around the Chiefs that they needed Tyreek Hill. This year, that can hold true. But mm-hmm. last year, they just won a Super Bowl. I mean, they they let him go, and they won the biggest prize in football. So what are we really talking about here? Mahomes has already proved himself without Tyreek Hill. And given the Chiefs' schedule, they're going to be 12-5 and five heading into the playoffs on a four-game win streak. With, they're going to be one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I think Andy Reid has to stop being stubborn. They have to start playing their best players. They have to start playing their most trustworthy players. You can't trust Kadarius Toney. You can't trust MVS because he runs the wrong routes and he doesn't sit in zones. You have to get more trustworthy receivers in there, even if they're not game breakers. Get Justin Watson more snaps. Get somebody like Richie James, who last year was solid for the Giants more snaps. I mean, the guys we're talking about, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have much to lean on, but the Chiefs' best chance is to lean on guys that they can trust and guys that they they don't have to worry about being offsides. Kadarius Toney, I mean, when they made the trade for him, the compensation the Giants got back was a steal. The only reason why (laughs) this trade looks somewhat good is because of the punt return that Kadarius Toney had in the Super Bowl. But, man, Kadarius Toney's pushing the limit. And we've mentioned time and time again the loss of Eric Bieniemy. I don't think his loss is so much in the play calling or play designing department. I think his loss is in just getting these players right. Because if you have looked into how he runs Washington, it's a very militant routine. Eric Bieniemy is going to call you out for the littlest thing. And he's going to give you praise, but not too much. He's going to keep you very even keeled. 
and they need somebody like Eric Bieniemy to yeah. really put a put a boot in somebody's ass if they're not lined up correctly in practice and they're not Definitely. doing things the right way. I think Mahomes could use that extra motivation. I think Kelsey could use it. I think Tony could use it. This whole offense can use a little bit a little bit of a kick and a wake up call so they can make better habits to be more disciplined because right now this feels like a disciplined football team and it shows up when it matters most. It showed up versus the Eagles when MVS had that drop. It showed up versus the Lions when Tony had that drop that led to the Brian Branch pick six. It showed up versus the Bills. So at this point, the Chiefs have been losing by this much with little to no margin for error. So we know that they can win games even if they're messing up, but they just can't mess up in the biggest moments. And I think that's the biggest thing. But as for this Mahomes thing, listen, worst PR thing I've seen him do in years. He's usually not this guy. And I think that this energy was redirected at Allen and the refs because he's not going to go out there and call out Kadarius Tony. He's not going to call out his teammates. And he needed to let out his frustration somehow. But it was indefensible. I don't think it's going to happen again. But these receivers have to get their act together because they're embarrassing the Chiefs right now. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, it was tough to watch when you see him come off the field. You, first, you see him screaming at the sideline. You're like, who's he screaming at? Is he screaming at Andy Reid? screaming at the refs. I know you were probably in your fucking glory oh, sitting back watching that. It's amazing. Um, you know, of course, he comes out the next day. He says he screwed up. Holmes, he knows where he's wrong. You know, he's a mature enough guy to at least realize that. Um, but like I said earlier, this is this is nothing new for Kansas City. You know, this specific play being off sides, maybe. But you go and look like there is no doubt in my mind. Kadarius Tony was off sides. Now, we could argue about the consistency of that call because you could see there's plays throughout this week and that game, you know, even in games last night where you look at receivers. Are they a little bit offsides? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but the, the refs have to make a call. And you made a great point, Riv, where we get on the refs week in and week out. It feels like this season more than ever, even though it's basically every season where they make wrong call after wrong call. It was the dead right call. Kadarius Tony was offsides. It was a great play by Kelsey. It would be awesome to see that stand because it probably was going to go down as play of the year, if we're being honest. The fact that he catches that ball 30, 40 yards downfield is able to have the awareness to see Kadarius Tony have the balls to actually pitch it to him. He goes into the Tony end zone. and loses his job it's, after that moment. Yeah, Bills are probably out of the playoff picture, or at least, you know, you definitely have to win out at this point. And now the Chiefs are cruising, have a chance at the number one seed still. Now, you know, everything is, is, is opposite, and the Bills look like one of the hotter teams going to play Dallas this week. Um, but let's talk about the Chiefs real quick. It's the same issues that keep coming up. And I'm not sure if I said it on a previous podcast, but I don't see this team as a Super Bowl team. I don't know, again, if I'm breaking any news here, but Patrick Mahomes could be as great as he is. Andy Reid, I still think, is a great play caller. But this offense is this lacks juice. The defense held the Bills to six points in the second half. They didn't score a touchdown. It was two field goals this defense held them to. This Kansas City offense that we've seen year in and year out be able to come back from 20 points down, 30 points down, you know, Tyreek Hill, big play, all this. They don't have the weapons to do it. You know, in the offseason, Brett Veach will go in there. He'll do his thing. They'll get weapons. But right now, this team just, they're not Super Bowl caliber. The, the offense isn't right. I got to say, I am not mad, not even the slightest bit. I know you're not. Because why the hell would I be? That's how I feel about Miami. But I will say... The Buffalo Bills definitely deserve praise. And where you didn't even see a game where Stephon Diggs left his impact, 
it was still great to see them get James Cook involved in the past game after the week Got where against uh, was it against Philadelphia where because they had their bye last week and then the week before that he had that wheel route where they threw the ball over the top to him just goes right through his hands but it was great to see a situation in this game where they went right back to him in a similar play and he was able to bring it in had over 80 receiving yards was one of the impact players for the Buffalo Bills it was a great team win for Buffalo you mentioned that defense definitely was able to hold the Kansas City Chiefs in check. But they got to go on a run. They do. Seven and sixteen. We're going to have a conversation a little bit later about possible contenders in the AFC. Maybe we have discussions about the Buffalo Bills. But this was an essential win, and definitely one that you look at the Buffalo Bills in a much more positive light because we know what's the Kansas City Chiefs' expectations, and we understand the conversations that they're in to come away with the W in Arrowhead is definitely a huge move. Now moving on to this week into the NFL, but before we do that, let's talk about. Our guys over here at Prize Picks, you know that we are working together with Prize Picks for the month of December. Now, Mr. Moran, if you could please put the code right at the bottom. You know, if you go, if you go and you download Prize Picks, use code PAS when you are signing up for your account. They will match up to a hundred percent deposit, hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. Just make sure you're going and using code PAS now. Of course, we can't talk about Prize Picks and have not have ourselves a little lay. Mr. Rivio, you have some for us? I do actually. Talk to me. You thought I did it? No, I, I knew did. you had some. I see you got the app open. I sure do. And I got I got a combination of two. I didn't I didn't know which one I wanted to pick, so I'm gonna just tell y'all which two I feel extremely comfortable. Dells, what's my motto? Always over. Always over. And I got a little combination. Three point made combo. So the first two we got both of these games. Well, this game is at 10 p.m. It's Golden State versus phoenix no kevin durant tonight still might lose but nonetheless you're gonna see steph curry probably put on the show steph curry and devin booker they got to combine for seven threes made take the over steph's gonna take 12 threes bound to make five devin booking you get your three that's the clicker and the other one <laughs> at 10 30 you know, these L.A. teams, these gold, these these California teams, they play so late on, on our side. That's too late for us. But at 1030, we got the Kings and the Clippers. Now, have you seen Kings and Clippers games? They can get high power. They can get into shootouts. Paul George and De'Arian Fox only have to combine Every for time. six threes made. Well, and listen, and listen I, I just don't know how he doesn't know his listen, name by now. Let, let me tell you this. When I bet on Paul George nine times at Fuck all that. Ten times <laughs> out of ten, it hits. Take the over. 5.5 is the line. You need six threes. Paul George can give you three or four. Fox can give you three. That's mine. That's what I'm locking with. Talk to me, Drew. Now, my game already started. One of them is going to be Austin Reeves over 15 and a half. Right now, we're at halftime. Austin Reeves already has 11. I'm feeling pretty damn great about that one. Mr. Moran, if you could please prop that up for me on the, on the screen, that would be much obliged. And the next one's going to be at a 10, 10 o'clock game. Uh, the Suns uh, going up against, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Golden State. Golden State. Thank you very much. You just said that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Eric Gordon under three threes. Uh, I took that bet a little bit earlier in the week. Last week, uh, three threes is a lot of threes. I know he shoots the basketball, but three threes. To make threes. To make three threes, that's difficult in any type of situation. That's primarily his job. That's fine with me. But I'm always bank on on going under in that situation. So for mine, it's going to be Austin Reese over 15 and a half. And then, of course, Eric Gordon under three threes. 
I like all those. Listen, I'm a degenerate gambler. I really am. And I put two entries for the prize picks today. And actually, they're on pace to do pretty well. I'm looking right here. I got uh, two entries, two picks each. My first one is Austin Reeves, 15 and a half points, the same as Drew. He has 11. So he's on pace to get 16 right now. He has 11 at halftime. Then I have Kobe White, more than 20 points. He has 10 points, and it's the start of the second quarter right now. Uh, Kobe White's been on a heater. Kobe White is looking like the future of the Bulls right now, so you know how to put some money on him. And then I have another entry, Darius Garland, over 21.5 points. He has 11 versus Boston at halftime right now, and Derek Lively, 8.5 rebounds. He has three at halftime versus the Lakers. So I'm confident at least one of these two will hit. But yeah, man, shout out to Prospects, man. I, I won three hundred dollars the other day off an NFL shout bet. Prospects, man. So shout out to Prospects. Shout out to you for winning that. Um, Dels. First I of saw, all, I saw the Garland move. You did. It was fucking. He almost dropped. Like he almost killed he Derek he White. Did. He did. No, he almost killed Derek White. He turned like, around. He came. He has he because you know DG could shoot. Uh huh. You know White silly ass. <laughs> he was still stupid. there to contest later. No, he wasn't. It was a literally back 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 contest. Yeah. No, not even. The, it was a hilarious contest because. Let's play better this season. I'm asking genuinely in your opinion. Uh, DG or or uh, Derek White? Probably White in his role. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. DG hasn't been a star. Like, playing He's like been a injured. Star. Sorry, so. yeah, yeah. Um, and then did you see the, the later one? Okay. Donovan Mitchell was one more move away from dropping your holiday. Oh, it's a shame he didn't. I know. People just don't understand counters, man. You know, That's disrespectful. Garland is better than Derek White, man. I didn't say. Did I? No, I, I, I definitely think Garland. No, he, I was he asking. Yes, uh, who, who's yeah, he better is better. Year. I'm Remember this year, playing... Joel, it's different than who's the just a better basketball. No, player. White is playing better in his role than Garland is in his right now. Garland got to get got Garland got to lock it. Let me guys ask you a question. I made a trade in fantasy basketball. Uh, I have way too many guards on my team, uh, so I actually just traded away Cade. I know that that's a that's gonna hit home for you. You're I, an tra- idiot. I traded Cade Cunningham and DeAndre, and who right now is dealing with some right knee inflammation. You're fine with that. I traded for just a bonus. What's your opinion? Cade's a walking twenty-two and seven. With and four. last night, Sabonis in a in yeah. a bat like a down Sabonis game. Is a, he's like a he's 15, a 16, and nine. Double, double. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, fine. Fine. you're fine. You're fine. Aiden gives you nothing. I no, Aiden. I was so happy to walk away from. And the thing with Aiden that kind of sucks is obviously his position is center, but Sabonis is like the hybrid power forward center. Yeah, yeah. So I can play him at a forward. I can play him at the center. I can play him at the power forward. That's why I wanted to make this move. Um, twenty-six G to answer your question, I ride harder for PG than Pete. Sure, uh, uh, you might, yeah, hundred percent. You might. That's my guy. And Pete loves Paul George. I'm more than me, man. I don't know if that that I, I saw. Think uh, I'm with you. I, they were on, he was on the TL. Someone asked him if T Mac and Paul George played one on one. He who, picked T Mac. I know T- who would I, eleven to four too. I think of that. Paul George. Yeah, eleven to six. I would. There's no wing. I'm eleven to six. The fuck is wrong with TP? We ain't really. He's real. locking up Tracy. No, he, he's stopping him. I should just, say Tracy just can't stop PJ. Mm. Like, there's no chance. And Paul George is a really good defender. He might stop see about cooking, by the way. He's playing well. I, duh. Yeah, don't say duh. Because he just he turned the ball over when I seen it because he couldn't go fucking left again. Embarrassing. Idiot. I'll be honest. You are a casual when it comes to Jalen Brown. I'm, I'm no, really tired I'm actually the one who told you about him. And you no, I'm the one that told no, you about him. Three over Jared Allen. Come on. He's got 21. He's 8 for 12. I'm the one who told you about him. And then Dallas had to tell you Rivers fake right when about we what? found out about his defense. And the fact no, that he last year's defense, last wasn't, year's good. defense yeah. wasn't good, and but I, every I tried, year before that, he was great. Cap- no, you called me a cap- No, I called and, you a casual when it comes Harden, to Jalen Brown. He was locking up. 
Yeah, but I told you his defense was never. But I that told good. you Jalen Brown is like that. Well, before and I was last right. season, his defense. Was good. No, his own ball. His own. And then you laughed at him when he good. said that he would be an All NBA player. He did. Because you better he, watch he your he fucking mouth into a Jalen Brown. No, they they did some weird shit, but I let it slide because I put him. On, I put Jalen Brown on my All NBA team. He was After a forward first, last year. Yeah, he was a forward. A lot of guys got hurt. He got lucky. He did get lucky. You know he got. He averaged almost thirty. Yeah. What the fuck? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You're really just disgusting when it comes to Jalen Brown. And then what did he do against Jimmy Butler? Wow, Jimmy Butler, a fringe top 10 player in the NBA. Average 30, you just told me. I mean, he's great. He had a bad series. He was hurt. There you go. Deep, deep Fucking bastard. All right. Boom! You should have watched it, you idiot. Moving on to the next topic. We were talking about the Why Kansas City last? Chiefs. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Let's talk about the AFC contenders. Now, I'm going to list out a, li- uh, a bunch of AFC teams that we think that can possibly contend. Some a little bit wilder than others. The more obvious names, of course, will be included in this. Let's go over the obvious ones. We're going to go with the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jaguars. These are the teams that right now are locked at the top of their division. Now, teams that could potentially make a run. Let's talk about the Bills. Let's talk about the Browns. And I'll be damned if I don't bring up those Denver Broncos. Rank these teams in potential of them making a run. Who is the strongest contender in the AFC, in so, your opinion. So we're going to collectively do this? I feel like... We, we can collectively we do this. We can come to an agreement, potentially. I like that. All right, do we have... The Bills at one. We're all in agreement. Oh, no. At, as number one team... Oh, I wait, have them. wait. We're adding every AFC... You have okay, the Bills I, number two? I, I had a feeling. Are we adding the Chiefs and the Ravens and shit like so that? So yes. these are the teams I'm we sorry. have. Uh, if you want to look at the doc, you could go uh, go in your notes section and share with you. I listed them out on purpose because I knew you would not be ready for the prime time. <laughs> I'm real. I just I'm real. Because because I, I saw Joel, I saw Joel erase them, and I'm just like I know Riv's gonna need these. Okay, okay, I'm good. I'm good now. We're good. I got it in my face. Okay, so it. I don't know. We wow. <laughs> Sorry, that would come. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I I think Joe Flacco's moving me. I think the Browns. I have them in a spot. Joe Flacco's not good. Now here we are the next When I said he was going to get 200 that week. And Dob Sanity, which you were right on, Joel. He ends up getting benched. He was right till he was wrong. He was right till he was wrong. Joshua Dobbs is not good. Drew was mad disrespectful on Josh Dobbs. I was joking. joking. But, But listen, I think Joe Flacco gives the Browns a higher floor now. Now I... I come into games and I'm like, okay, if they get a favorable matchup, they can move the ball offensively. So listen, I I don't know about you guys, but number seven on my list, I have the Jaguars at number seven. Joel, I have welcome the Jaguars at number seven. Demon, I got Joel, six, I'm okay with that. And I Demon, have the Browns at number six. What? The Browns are at six, and I have the Jaguars at seven. That's my this order. This is a perfect list I, so far. I have no. it the other way around, but I'm cool. With this it. is a perfect list so far. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> the Denver Broncos are over the Browns. Yes. They smoke them. So we're doing a okay, if we're doing it off a but win to by be win. Fair, yeah, because the Bills shouldn't be up this high if we're doing it off a win by win thing. No, no, I agree. Fair. I agree. So, to be fair, it was without Joe Flacco. But they and also played better. They also kind of destroyed your defense. Dudes was hurt that game. All, That's facts. Not only did we did we do our thing against their defense, our defense also made some timely plays. We got some turnovers but in also, very but friendly also the Jags parts of the field. This past week, you guys were getting turnovers. They were moving the ball. They were putting up points. All right. But you, the thing is, that's not more so about Joe Flacco being able to move the ball. The Jaguars' defense is no, not bad. good. It's really bad. It's not good. Yes, Joe Flacco's better than DTR. He's better than uh, 
PJ Walker for sure. Shit, he might be better than Deshaun Watson the way that he showed you or what he's shown us this Fellas, season. Do you know who has the best record against winning teams? It's the Cleveland Browns. Browns. It's the Cleveland fucking Browns. Can we show some? What about respect? the Broncos? You we, guys we beat... are four and three. Sorry, we're six okay. and three. We did lose to the Texans, which hurts. And Miami. Listen, listen. What? I understand what his hate. That's why I'm really. Oh, they we beat, beat the your Bengals. Team. Wait, hold, fuck beat, all that. Okay. We beat your Ravens, clown face. Don't mm. ever forget that. Shut up. You asked the question, I answered you. Beat the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Beat the fucking Niners. Niners. The insane one. Stop. Okay, Valor, stop. Valor, Valor. Stop. You know I, what? I just want to remind I'm, myself. I just, I just I want to talk to you myself. and Joel. I don't want to talk to him about the Browns. I'll be honest. I don't got the Jags or the Browns in my power rankings. They're not my top 10. You see what he does? I have the Browns in mind. I respect that. He, he does There'd be 11. Browns would be 11, undoubtedly. I'll happily kick the Jags out. I have no problem with Joel, I like me personally. I feel like. Get the charger. Denver should be seven this whole time. Seven? What the fuck? No, no, I lied. I feel like Jags should be seven. Denver six, Cleveland We're five. We're better than Cleveland. No, you're not. We're better than Cleveland. I don't think so. I, I do it for you every show. I, I really don't think so. But we we can. No, we're better. We're better. So. We can I'll flip just, I'll I'll just get on to my five and four because I know this is going to start some debate. So I told you the Jaguars and the Browns are seven and six. Number five for me is the Miami Dolphins. Awesome. I have them number five. Yeah. And number four. Here's the thing. I'm not angry because yeah, he hasn't said them Number yet. four are the Denver Broncos. Ah, you pussied out. Where are the Chiefs? The Chiefs are top two. Oh, my <laughs> God. Doing it. Oh, my God. How are the Chiefs not top two? Have, some balls. have you been watching the Chiefs? Yes, I have been. That's what why did the Broncos do to the Chiefs when two. they met up? Can you remind me? Yes, what did we do? Again. We made it's Mahomes look again. pedestrian. It's we not made him again. look average, Joel. I'm, I'm gonna say this: there is a there is a chance, and I'm throwing this in the air, that the Dolphins can lose a, a, a game or two, and they end up one game ahead of Buffalo, Week 18. And, and there is a chance that they can literally it'd be in lose Miami, the right? it'd be in Miami. Some, but there's yeah. a chance that Buff that Josh Allen can walk into Miami. And win hey, the MVP and the division and in the know, same day. The game cut before that is going to be in Baltimore for yep. Miami. Yeah. So there's a chance. I'm throwing this out there. There's a chance Josh Allen can win MVP and the division in the same exact day. Because if he wins the division, he might. He if he wins Cook the rib. division, there hasn't been there hasn't been many. There ain't been a quarterback better than my brother. Maybe Dak. That you could throw That's Dak in fact. there, but. If he wins a division after start, they have to be in six and six backs against the wall on the table, brother. He's he's winning MVP and then he's walking I, in with the division. I mean, Rib, I threw ten dollars him to win MVP. Not last only night. that, and that's a smart. Not only it's that, like plus two thousand. He will start the playoffs with a home game, and there's a chance he can run the table to the AFC Championship game. This, this is the Jordan year you predicted last year. A year earlier, <laughs> never, year. never late, just yeah, early. Just a year, never we, late. That's just what it is early. with this podcast. We're always a year fucking early. <laughs> this could be the moment, but you know, a lot of things need to happen. So we're just, um, I'm here in on, agony. Rip. I'm here in agony, Joel. Before you go, I'm sorry. I'm here in agony because everything you just said can actually happen. Yeah, it's crazy. What's up? It can, it, especially time. when you have number one quarterback in the Dolphins out there. No, everything every, is possible. Never fit. Listen, listen, Riff. Clears every quarterback you've ever had in your franchise's the history. Bar is so disgusting. How, how much you respect you. Chad like, Pennington? It's on you. you <laughs> again, again, Tua right now is having a better season than Chad Pennington's ever had. But go ahead. The numbers don't move me, man. They don't. <laughs> Sorry. Watch, watch the games, brother. Hold up, hold up, yeah. Riff. I want to ask you something. Talk to me, bro. Because 
you're now all high and mighty on the bills. A couple weeks ago, I felt like you was down and out. I was down. You and out. You, you was over here making I fun did. of me because I was riding with the bills. I was saying, listen, I, I think I still think the bills make the playoffs. I, listen, you're not wrong. I was out. I was out. Listen, after we lost, after we lost to Denver, after I didn't see the Patriots. Like you ain't see what I've been like. It's been hurt. So I was out for sure. You were the only one. I'll give you credit because I'm a man that stands on business and gives you credit. Those two, but you mainly were loud about those kind of sneakily. Oh, I haven't been my top 10 in the power again, but you I were loud like about I gave, it. I gave Buffalo respect it, every step of the way. Yeah, the thing that, is, that, I was loud. Yeah. I, I definitely was more loud with Joel talking about why are you having the bills? That's in fair. Yes. Yeah, and power rankings. But Joel was topic for topic. He specifically. Joel, I give you your credit. You still hold your whole high on them. I, I he's that. robbing you. He's Yeah, he's, he's robbing, he's robbing you. Cool. I don't want the Dells fucking too. Keep it. Shout out to you. When I'm looking at these AFC contenders, and this is really not based on what the record is now. This is just what I think they're going to become playoff time. The Jaguars scare me. The offensive line can't hold up, and the defense allows a lot of yardage. Mm. The Browns don't have consistent quarterback play. The Dolphins, there's an element to them that you can't trust. There's just something about them that you can't trust. Which is what? No one. The aura. Uh, aura of the man. Because you know what's funny? We talked about Tua's loss last night. You know whose loss we didn't talk about? Of course not. Well, we didn't we, talk about it. Well, we, are we going to do this week in the NFL? Uh, we, uh, we'll do it Oh, you're right. We, dude, we moved on but from prize picks. And I didn't know if we wanted, if we switched it or something. We'll do it. Because I want to bring that up. Excuse me, Drew. Who's this week? Who are we not talking about? Can you just say the name? We're talking about Mr. Jordan Love. You mean Jordan Love, the guy who... Left the field winning and Always scored a touchdown. Because, you, because I don't you the field, right? Hands up and behind cool. my back. You got me, officer. Dog shit. And also, I have some screenshots, Drew, from Tua, and there was some receivers open. I just want to put that out there. I got some screenshots. Okay, show ready. me, please. Show me. Number number four, I have the Broncos because I think their defense has turned a corner. I think you can rely on their defense. They can run the ball. You trust Sean Payne to scheme things up. And Russell Wilson this year has just had one bad game where, he, where he's turned the ball over. That was against Houston. But I think you can trust Russell Wilson to just be a game manager and not lose you games. And that in itself gives him a high floor. Number three, I have the Bills because of Josh Allen and his greatness. I mean, we saw it versus KC, making every throw in the book. I, I think this year he's been playing like the best quarterback in the NFL. Like Riv mentioned, you can put Dak in there, but just simply from an eye test perspective, who's willing their team more? I think it's Josh Allen this year. Number two, the Chiefs. I know everybody wants to I be know. early and write them out, but they are not out. They are not. Last year, Why? they were six and four, and they won the Super Bowl. I mean, this team finds a way to overcome adversity, and as long as they have Reed, Mahomes and Kelsey with that defense, I think they can make enough plays. And number one is the Ravens. I mean, their defense, the, the one thing that worries me about them is can they get consistent pass rush without blitzing? Yep. But their defense has been proven to be elite all year, and I trust Lamar Jackson. I really don't care about what the playoff numbers say with him. Ah. I trust Lamar Jackson. I really do. I think Lamar Jackson is oh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's top five. And when you look at the Ravens, they look like the most complete team. It's unfortunate Mark Andrews got Definitely. hurt because Definitely. if you didn't get hurt, that would make me trust the offense that much more. But I think they have a consistent running attack. And because of that, they have 
a high floor and the highest margin for error of all these AFC teams. I'd say likely solid. So let's run through that list. I have my own list, by the way. Eight, we all do, but just recap real quick, uh, Joel. Number seven, Jags. Number six, Browns. Number five, Dolphins. Number four, Broncos. Number three, Bills. Number two, Chiefs. And number one, Ravens. I have something to say. Let's hear it. And it's, I just thought about it for a second. And I, I'm going to stand on business. I'm going to stand on my 10. Here we go. So the Browns are going to be like three. Those are going to be one, undoubtedly. Ranking AFC contenders, you know, it's a lot of great teams in the AFC for sure. A lot of these teams have weaknesses. Number seven, I'm going to go Jaguars. I think defensively, it's an issue. Offensive line, you can't trust. And outside of Christian and Kirk, I don't trust Calvin Ridley. You know, and I think this team, I think we kind of overrated them a bit in the offseason because of the division. But I, I just don't think this team is ready to make that next step. Number six for me, I got Denver. I feel like Denver and Cleveland, realistic. I understand the quarterback. Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than all of them put together right now. I get all that for a fact. But I think Denver, outside of Cortland Sutton, I don't know about that offense in the playoffs. Defensively, they rely a lot on getting a lot of turnovers. But I think that's going to cool down. Number six for me, I mean, number five for me, pardon, is the Cleveland Browns. I think after all that adversity, no matter what quarterback you put in, Joe Flacco seems like the okay guy, just a guy that kind of steadies the ship. And then defensively, they've been banged up, but they have enough stars in that defensive end to make a game pretty low scoring and make an impact. Number four, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think they have the least experienced quarterback at the top four teams. And Lamar doesn't have much experience, but I think he's a better quarterback. And I think with this Miami team, you're still kind of waiting for that performance from the defensive side on an elite team. You're still waiting for that high-powered offensive game or just that high-powered complete game. Number three, I'm going to go Chiefs. I think, you know, most of this is just Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think, honestly, this offense is lackluster. It doesn't have the talent. Travis Kelsey, like you mentioned, Waddle doesn't look healthy. Travis Kelsey also doesn't look too much healthy. He kind of looks... Uh, of a, of age and banged up defensively this great is elite but i don't know i don't know if i can trust i love my homes he's a he's a he's a goat but i don't know i don't love my homes i, oh I don't know God, why I said that. what the but hell I, was I, that I, about I, I respect, respect my homes yeah i respect my homes i think he can push the pace but i don't know if his receivers are gonna fuck up get a you know a flag in the fourth quarter in a playoff moment and then number two i got baltimore man this 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 team is elite on both sides of the ball that running game is legit but you mentioned it Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers is a rookie. You know, they've had times throughout the season of drop problems. Odell. Odell's good. He, he's kind of back. But this, this, they still show too many times this year dropping the ball, missing out. They've had too many games where they should have won and something just happened where they lost in the fourth quarter. Put the camera on me. Okay. Give me one second, sir. Lock in right now. All right, here we go. Here we go. I mean, I can't just zoom yeah, in. The camera's, just, the camera's on. No, no, it was a fake, like, put the oh, camera on. Okay. It is. Come on, it's Buffalo Bills. They are going to win the division, finish out this year, win a division. Josh Allen's going to win MVP, and they're going to the AFC Championship game. This is the year. This, this is the year where they put it all together. They shame, they saved Sean McDermott's job. Brady becomes this god in Buffalo. Josh Allen puts on a show. I mean, like, what you've seen from the Eagles game and what you've seen from the Chiefs game should give you enough confidence. And if he goes in Buffalo, they got Dallas coming in there. If he goes in there, he destroys shit in there. It's all fate and destiny. Every team has a weakness. We mentioned it. But this Buffalo team is streaking at the right time. And in my opinion, they have the best quarterback in the league right now that's playing like the best. And this is a guy that just has shown you nothing but no fear, aura. 
Like a lot of these lefties don't got aura. I mean, and a lot of these quarterbacks right Shout now like Vic, com- complaining to the refs. Shout out this this guy Josh Allen every every podium. We got to get better. It's on me. We gonna get better. Playoff mode. Jaylen playoff mode. It's an issue. Playoff mode. I mean, playoff mode. And, 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 guess, and right? what he, what does he do? Something you, we probably never seen a quarterback do. Backpedal. Two guys running to him. A guy in front of him, ready to pick him it's off. Coming right at him. Boom! Coming right. Three men coming right at him. And what did he do? Deflect the come and throw it. It's, it's, it's insane to me, bro. And I think, I think they're gonna do it, man. I think they're gonna get to the AFC Championship game. So I got, I got the Bills at one, man. We, we locking in right now for that. We are gonna lock in for that. What's your list, Dells? I'm curious to hear your list. Yo, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know what? Said something crazy. What is happening? Like, what do we do? Come on, fellas. Lighten up. Let's let's get into it. Lock in. All right. I like I like that list. I think what Riv is just said about Josh Allen. Listen, I think Josh Allen is is phenomenal. I really do. And this kind of brings me to something that you guys have kind of mocked for a long time, and that is being a fan of players within your own division. While I never want the Bills to beat the Jets, Josh Allen is somebody that I love to watch, and I'm not shy in saying that. Josh Allen is one of the most entertaining quarterbacks, and I think very early in the season he got a lot of slander for the turnovers, but Josh Allen, despite the turnovers, still is able to have the output of one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And every single week you see highlight plays like the one he made versus KC. And and that's why he's the second best quarterback in the league to me, you know, with just accounting for everything. I still have Mahomes one, but Allen is the closest thing to Mahomes in the NFL. Do you enjoy watching Tua play? (laughs) No. Okay. So Riv, uh, before I go. It's funny Tua's is box office. Number one. In terms Wait. of votes for the Pro Bowl, do you know that? That's such a, uh, yeah, fun, that such a that. funny no. Like, no, I really don't enjoy uh, watching. Re- please recap your list, and then I'll go. Just so we get it quick, just so I can remember. Oh, I can remember. Seven Jags, six Broncos, idiot. Five, five Cleveland, four Miami, three Chiefs, two Baltimore, and one Bills motherfucking Mafia. We're here. Okay, I like that. Um, My seven are pretty similar to yours, but uh, there is one big difference between me and Ribs. I have the Cleveland Browns at seven. Um, I do feel like while Joe Flacco has been been playing well, I feel like at some point, shit just not going to go well. He's going to have a game where he has a lot of turnovers, sacks, whatever the case might be. This defense is three games in a row now, allowing 27 or more points. I know they got some injuries. You know, Miles Garrison banged up. Denzel Wards, who are their top guys. The way their defense is playing right now, it's not that same dominating defense. The ceiling on this team feels limited. Which is why He's I have cooking. the Jags. He throws one, context out when it comes to the Browns. It, it's, the, care. it's the reason why I have the Jags one spot higher because the defense sucks. I acknowledge that. But Trevor Lawrence on a bum ankle, we didn't even know if he was going to play. No, Flacco just beat him. I understand. You don't that. give but, a fuck but, about but, that. But Trevor you? Lawrence, he threw bad ankle. Picks. He looked. Eh. I was going to say this. This was not a great Trevor Lawrence game, and they were right into the end. They were. You texted the chat. If even if Trevor nah, you Lawrence got out plays, nasty. You got out nasty. I still would pick them. So you felt even on the bad ankle. Lawrence is gonna light shit up. I to be so fair, too. I did. thought so too. And, and you were he, fucking listen, wrong. They they moved the ball. Mickey Mouse defense. W for you too. Mickey I, Mouse I, he had to deserve that W. No, I, I, Santos, I Santos, but I respect him for I staying Santos. consistent. Santos has stayed consistent all year long. But, Mickey, but it was Mickey Mouse's shit. I Santos. I didn't want to get into the way one bird. No, that's why I Santos. Santos should have been a, a no win, no loss. Uh, I'll take the one. Um, but yeah, yeah seven okay. Browns, six Jags. Who's three ahead? When Trevor Lawrence is a hundred percent, saw last year the big comeback win the playoffs. I trust them to be able to do that. I don't trust the Browns as much. Five, I got your Denver Broncos. 
I do trust the defense. They're able to turn the ball over. They get some stops. They can rush the pass. They can do a little bit of everything. That offense with Russell Wilson, I still got some questions about. If they're going to have to go up against some of these top teams in the AFC, can the defense still shut down that level? And can Russell Wilson and that offense still keep up with some of the, you know, favorable things that gone your way here and there? Like That's what? all I'm going to say. What's favorable? That, the entire Bills game. Moving on. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Moving on. Number four, this is where I got the Miami Dolphins. Defense has been playing better. Um, but this this last game is going to be hard to get out of my head. You know, this was a, an offense that's been really firing on all cylinders throughout most of the season. But you saw just one little thing go wrong, and it felt like everything went to shit. It was a team loss. The defense just fell apart at the end. But also got to look at that offense. Mike McDaniel, Tua, everybody wasn't a great showing. Um, at three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I just said in the last segment, I don't think they're a Super Bowl caliber team. They're still in this top three because I do think they'd be able to beat teams like Miami, the Broncos, the Jaguars, just because you still have Patrick Mahomes in an elite defense. Two, I have the Buffalo Bills. I think, Riv, what you said is right. No team wants to play them right now. They got Dallas. This is going to be one of the biggest games of the season. Dallas at Buffalo, probably two of the best teams in football right now, even though at least Buffalo's side record-wise might not see it. But the Bills' defense has been playing better, and Josh Allen is playing like the best, if not second-best quarterback in the NFL. Number one, though. <laughs> man, Ravens flock. This could be the year, man. Lamar Jackson playing at MVP-type level. He did have a, uh, you know, beginning of that game yesterday, I thought it was going to be a stat pattern type game for him. I thought maybe, you know, like 300, 400 total yards, a lot of touchdowns. Did a lot of points, did have that good statistical game, but nothing, no no video games like numbers, which I really, really wanted. Um, and this defense, I know it didn't have the greatest game against the Rams, but I do think that has more to do with the Rams than the, than the Ravens. I'm going to have the Rams for the first time in my top 10. That's They've been Puka. playing some great football. Puka, Stafford, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams We're has here. been phenomenal. Um, but the Ravens right now, the way they're playing, complimentary football, offense, defense, can run, can pass. And Isaiah Likely, of course, Mark Andrews is a big loss. Isaiah Likely, he's not that caliber of tight end, but he's a quality kind of backup tight end who could come in there. Um, he's explosive. We saw him have that big touchdown during that game, too. So I like Baltimore right now. Joel, uh, DG is cooking. I, he might have hit 21 or at least 20 right now. Yeah, I've seen it. He has 18 right now. I just need a couple more points. For sure, yes, sir, brother, man. Just one more three. Oh, and a layup. You're good. Now, I like your guys' list. They make a lot of sense. Uh, and I will say, uh, before all the injuries to the Miami Dolphins, I most definitely would have had them number one. Losing Connor Williams Crying. for the season is absolutely gutting because that means Liam Eikenberg has to be your center for the rest of the season. I and, do. and I've seen him play on the line for the Miami Dolphins, and every single time it's excruciating. He's not good. So now let's go over my list. Number seven, Riv, no slight, Cleveland Browns. Defense is awesome, but Joe Flacco is the quarterback. That's all I have in my notes, Joe Flacco. He played a very solid game against the Jaguars, against the Rams. I don't think he did play particularly bad, but down the stretch kind of blew it, did throw that interception over the top. That kind of dwarfed their comeback. Uh, of course, Joe Flacco of this bunch would be the worst quarterback of the group. Number six, I do have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been very vocal very consistent. I don't like this defense. The Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco went in there, and David Njoku, more importantly, went in there and dominated that matchup. So I, I just can't look at the Jaguars competing for the Lombardi at the end of the season. Next on my list, I'm sorry, guys, and I don't feel bad about this, not even a little bit. The Kansas City Chiefs. We're not sure. This offense means nothing to me. <laughs> We're like not sure. This offense means nothing to me. This six. defense. <laughs> this defense is good. No, they're not five. Six. They're five. five. Oh, my bad. My bad. They're five. Is Denver over them? I definitely do because our defense is fantastic. Russell Wilson. You trust right your now, offense more than theirs. Russell Wilson right now, number one in game-winning drives, 
Corlin Sutton has been one of the most dominant receivers when it comes to being in the red zone. And when it comes to contested catches, you're right. He, he's right there, arguably, at the top of the list. And did you see that catch that he had? That was nuts. 60, you know what's funny about that? Because I said, hey, he damn near threw that ball 60 yards last week to Marvin Mims mm-hmm. that was supposed to be pass interference. But Riffs, uh, but Joel said, hey, you throw it 65, he might have a, he might have a touchdown there. So what does he do this week? 60 air yards on that throw to Cortland Sun. And Cortland Sun says, fuck two hands. I just need one. <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy. No, but the Kansas City Chiefs, I probably should have the Dolphins here, but I, I really don't care too much because this Kansas City Chiefs offense, I can't trust right now. And it's not because of Mahomes. It's not because of Reed. It's not because of Kelsey. These are obviously the foundational pieces to this team and why a lot of people would favor the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's the pieces around them. I like Rasheed Rice as much as the next guy. But if Rasheed Rice, your wide receiver one, I do have trouble seeing the success that this offense can have come postseason time. We're seeing the offense struggle right now more than we've seen it ever within the Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kelsey tenure. But I feel as if there's nobody that they can get that would better their situation right now. And again, like I've already said, Rasheed Rice is good. He's talented. But but everyone around them, it's it's very concerning to me. And this is probably the most Kelsey-like game that we've seen from him in some he time. He seemed his most healthiest, his yards after the catch, his ability to get open. That obviously was a great sign. But in the grand scheme of things, I can't say that I trust the Kansas City Chiefs more than I trust the rest of these teams. Now, next on my list is going to be the Miami Dolphins. I do worry about the injuries on this team. Teron Armstead, you can't trust that he's going to be consistently in the lineup. Connor Williams out for the season. Robert Hunt injured. Coming into this game, Javon Holland did not play. Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips out for the rest of the season. What was Greer's big move after they go and they lose? Not to sign an all offensive lineman, but to go get Melvin Ingram to fu- to heal the void of of needing an extra pass rusher. Melvin Ingram at this point in time, who does have a tenure with with Miami Fair, but at the same time, that's not the move that I wanted to see. You go and you need to get to us some help on that offensive line, no doubt about it. So. I do worry about the Dolphins because of the injuries and the way that they're starting to pile up as we get towards the, towards the end of the uh, of the season. But if Tyreek's on the field, if Teron and Robert Hunt can get back healthy and stay in the lineup consistently, you trust that three of the five offensive linemen, as good as those three are, that they can be there, that they're still able to compete at a high level. And this defense, although it did collapse last night versus Tennessee, we've seen them since that game versus the Chiefs, really turn things around, get pressure on the quarterback. They're one of the best at sacking the quarterback. And that was another reason why they came up a little bit short. They could not get that sack on Will Levis. He was just getting the ball out right in the nick of time. And the one that that sticks out most to me was that one where Bradley Chubb had him wrapped up. That would bring him to the ground. But Will Levis is a strong-ass dude. That was nuts. Lowered his shoulder on Jalen Ramsey after escaping a sack from Bradley Chubb. More credit needs to be given to Will Levis. He had himself. An amazing and ball Chubb game gets on the Monday penalty night. on that too to make it even worse, which was crazy too. That, I mean, he, Chubb kind of gifted him that that red zone opportunity there because especially he misses the sack, kind of just loses himself in that moment. Also gets the penalty, like you mentioned. But a healthy Miami definitely is higher on this list. But right now, where we currently stand, I got to put them at number four. Number three is going to be my Denver Broncos. If we had another option outside of Cortland Sutton. And I'm talking about Jerry Judy because mm-hmm. I gave him the benefit of the doubt against the Texans. He was open multiple times. Russ did not hit him. How many times this week did we see versus the Chargers Jerry Judy 
Screw Russell Wilson. Screw this that's offense this and leave us with, with probably 13 to, to maybe even 20 points that could have been put on the board for us that Jerry Judy just just lets the ball go and it falls out of his hands or can't get two feet in bounds. I'm here excited because, you know, I, I'm always going to root for Jerry Judy. When we drafted him, I was thrilled. I could not believe that he made it to pick 15. I'm here now in excruciating pain because we could have CeeDee yeah. Lamb or we could have Justin Jefferson. But instead we have, we have Jerry Judy, who's been nothing but a disappointment for the Broncos up until this point in time. And it sucks because of just the inconsistency that he shows. Because some nights, like we saw against the Texans, he can get open on a consistent basis. But a big problem of his has been drops. And, and that was definitely on full display versus the Chargers. But this defense has been insanely amazing. Number one in, in takeaways in the entire year. Look at our, our, our defense in terms of yards allowed. We're still bottom four in the league because of how terrible month, yeah. we were early on in the season. But since the win streak started, we are 6-1 and one in that time. We are the number three defense in terms of EPA per play. Sixth in terms of rush EPA per play. And why I highlight that is because early in the season, we were the worst rush defense by far. And number two in terms of drop back EPA behind the Jets, who, in my opinion, have been the best defense this season. It's just they're being held back by a mediocre offense, but That's was back. great against the, the Texans, no doubt about it. Number two is going to be the Buffalo Bills with the way that Josh Allen has been playing. He's been playing at an MVP level. And Riv, I think your take was perfectly timed and definitely one that can come into fruition. And you look like a genius. But the defense definitely still a concern. You look at the middle of the field without Matt Milano, their tar opposing offenses are targeting the middle of the field, and they're having success. When Matt Milano was out there, obviously he's one of the better coverage linebackers. His presence is missed. But that they've been able to, to execute at a high level against the Chiefs. Maybe we can credit that to, to the Bills' defense being locked down, but also I still feel as if something's just not clicking with this Chiefs' offense. And number one, the Baltimore Ravens, the most complete team right now in the AFC, the most the most confident team that you could feel with in the AFC. Lamar Jackson puts on a masterclass against the Rams. Listen, you say that you that you that he looked like he was going on his way to, to stat pad. He still had over 300 yards, yeah, he had three game. touchdowns. He, he was fantastic against the Rams, and the Rams defense that's been playing very solid, but the defense got gashed. And like you said, you want to credit that to the Rams. That's fine. I, I definitely agree. You know my opinion on the Rams. But you're gonna face high level offenses. You're gonna you're gonna have to lock up. We've seen we've seen the Ra the Ravens defense be able to do that. So let's not use one game and blow it out of proportion. But the way that Lamar Jackson has been playing these last couple of weeks with Odell Beckham, he seems to be getting extremely comfortable in this situation. Last two weeks, we've seen Zay Flowers on the field, touchdowns in back to back games. He had two the game versus the Chargers. Had one this week. He looks to be the explosive player that they that they thought they were getting come draft time. If Mark Andrews was on this team, like Joel was saying earlier, most definitely this is easily the number one team. But with the way that Odell Beckham has been playing, with the way that we see Lamar Jackson confidently targeting a Rashad Bateman, confidently targeting a Zay Flowers, this offense, I mean, I'm, I'm still left feeling that this is the most trustworthy team because they're one of the best defenses. And with Lamar Jackson, you trust that this team can be and have success offensively. It is down to playoffs with Lamar's history. We haven't seen him be the most successful. But with this supporting cast, it seems as if it's on it's it's on trajectory to be the best supporting cast he's had. It's not written off that Mark Andrews can't come back. There is a small possibility that they've mentioned early on that he can return back to the field. But of course, Did they say when 
like I'm, AFC Championship. See, that's what I'm not sure of. But they're saying that there's a chance his season's not over. If he can come back middle of the playoffs, that gives the Ravens an insane boost where they're already looking as if they, they're going to be the, the number one seed with Miami losing last night. With that having all being said, with them being the number one seed, you feel most confident with the Baltimore Ravens. So to repeat, I have the Browns dead last. I have the Jaguars at six. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. Number three, my Denver Broncos. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. And number one, the Baltimore Ravens. I like that. How happy were you when you uh, were going through this and you put Kansas City that way? Oh my, I like, like a pig in shit. I was just through the moon. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, I'm always going to be more more critical of them than everybody else. Oh, you were talking I've been. <laughs> you forgot you're doing a podcast yeah like, it was a you thought you were watching one huh yeah not for real it really felt like a long not not because you were talking you just sometimes the way you you uh talk feels like you've been talking for a long time i mean i don't know how to fix that you know it's just me no it's you bro you're a talker talk too fucking much again out of his job you know the, the thing about this is that i mean having casey that low is laughable it really is <laughs> even with all their issues you when when you explained having the Chiefs at five, I just trust these teams more than the Chiefs. You trust Tua over Mahomes? That's what I said. All I said was, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you trust it. Listen, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed. That's not the issue. But again, that hasn't been enough to elevate you to the heights that we've seen in history. With they the are first Chiefs. in the AFC West at eight and four and mm -hmm. will most likely finish the season at 12. No, they're eight and five. My bad. Mm -hmm. And they will most likely finish the season at 12 and five, which will be the sixth time. Now, let me ask you, gentlemen, a question. Let me ask you, gentlemen, a question. Against the Bengals, you favor the Kansas City Chiefs because they are the Chiefs. Is there not an outside upset. chance that the Bengals are going to win? win that game. Now, let me ask you a question. What happens when Bill Belichick faces the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Chiefs can't score 20 points? Dude, they lose to Bill Belichick. He's clean. What happens if they lose to New England? They're not losing. They shouldn't lose to New England. They I'd shouldn't be, lose. I'd be appalled. I also don't. What happens if they. If they lose to New England, I'm kind of feeling similarly to how I felt when the Dolphins just blew it to the Titans. I mean, did the Dolphins not just blow a game to the Titans? No, but it was a terrible loss for the for the Dolphins. It was really bad, like historically bad loss. So how Nobody's are they, ever lost they, so how are they over the Chiefs? So good. Say it again. So how are they over the Chiefs? And you're because the Chiefs can win that game thirteen to seven. They can. No, of course. I'm it's just saying that the Dolphins. Oh, excuse me. That if New England locks them up, it's just going to heighten more of how I feel about this offense. Even though New England's defense is great, they've been one of the better under the radar defenses because they're not winning games. It just you're going to face high level defenses, and with what we've seen from the my the Miami Dolphins against the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes and company did not have their best game. I feel better about the Dolphins because on both sides of the ball, I trust their their team to have success. Now, their defense did have a collapse down the stretch. But again, I still look at this, this team as being unhealthy and missing four offensive linemen that they'll eventually have down the stretch. And this offense is kind of going through a low right now, but I pair that with not having your offensive linemen, with Tyreek Hill also being in and out of the, out of the lineup last night. I still feel like I trust this offense, regardless of how you feel about Tua Tagovailoa or not. He's still been able to be one of the most successful quarterbacks this season. He's going to be one of the best, have been one of the best records. Pair that with a great defense, even though I had a little bit of a slip up yesterday. I trust that the Dolphins can can 
As long as I just trust the team there. as a whole. They're, as as they're whose, defense, whose defense is better, the Chiefs or Dolphins? Yeah, the, the, the Chiefs defense probably is better. I mean, listen, if you're telling me the defense for the Chiefs is better and then I got to count on Mahomes to figure the offense out. I mean, listen, I'm going to count on Mahomes. I, I understand why you have your list the way you have it. I'm not hey. I'm not shocked at all. You shouldn't be. But li- Jake Browning, I want to just hit on this point. He's playing great football for what they're asking him to do. This is how backup quarterback cycles go. Backup quarterbacks come in. They have some success. And then after like two, three weeks, they start to go back down to earth. And you're like, okay, this is why he's a backup. It happened with Josh Dobbs in Arizona and Minnesota this year. And it's going to happen to Jake Browning this year. I don't know when it's going to be, but I mean, he's not going to be playing this way. And I I don't think the the Bengals, I don't think the, Arnold taking a purdy spot. Maybe we were talking about the wrong guy. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the Bengals and Chiefs is is going to be an upset at all. Like I, I think the Chiefs will Listen, comfortably win that game. All I'm saying is the Titans went out there and they did some historic shit, and then Green Bay lost to Tommy DeVito. So at this point of the season, anything could fucking happen. I'm with you. Can Jake Browning go out there and stink it up? Yeah. Can Jake Browning go out there and do just enough where the Bengals beat the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs can't like score. The best third down quarterback in the NFL since taking over. The Chiefs can't score. We're we're forgetting that. Amazing against the Jaguars. He was damn near amazing against the. We just watched Joe Flacco win a game in 2023. Half the quarterbacks right now are fucking like backups and uh, anything can happen. Would I be shocked if the Chiefs made it to the fucking AFC Championship? Probably not. Mahomes has just tortured me for the last five years, of course. But with what I've seen from this offense, taking that aside, unbiasedly, this offense genuinely has not been good. It sucks. It really hasn't. This defense really has been the cornerstone of this team so far. And they did a great job of limiting Josh Allen in that second half. First half, Josh Allen looked like Superman. He looked fantastic. But in that second half, the Chiefs were still able to execute, left Mahomes an opportunity. There's been multiple times where the defense has given Patrick Mahomes an opportunity to win the game this season, and they haven't been able to do so. This is the first time that we've seen that in Mahomes' career. That's a fact. So that's the only reason why I do have my reservations about them. Last year, that, of course, fell on death's ear, where where you had, or death's door, excuse me, where my issue was no Tyree kill. Hey, I don't think this offense can still be that successful. Mahomes shut me up. One MVP was number one offense this season. Again, I guess a year early, right? Where this offense has not been the same. Yes, you're like you said early on. The noise about needing Tyree Kill, they put that to bed when they won the Super Bowl last year. But that holds true this year, where they are missing that that true dog at wide receiver and having to rely on Rasheed Rice, a rookie, as your wide receiver one. When Andy Reid, for what history has shown us, that has not been the case. It it speaks more about the situation than it does, of course, about Mahomes. Andy Reid, we know that they're amazing. It's the situation around. Sometimes you simply just don't have the personnel. That's football. It's a team sport. I understand that, but I feel like we talk about the Chiefs as if they're going out there and having 150 yards of total offense. Against the Bills, they had 346 yards of total offense. They had more yards of offense than the Bills. And a touchdown got called back because Kadarius Tony was offsides and he made a dumb play. But it also was like, an insane play. Like it was an insane play, but that's an that's an insane design that 
I trust Andy Reid to dial low. No, it wasn't. I think, I think Kelsey, Kelsey gets a green light to do whatever he wants, and he he made that lateral. He made an uh, IQ move. That was IQ, which move. was a ten out of ten execution as well. Like I think the the Chiefs are really a couple mental mistakes away from being a top offense in the league again. I don't I don't think the they're that far off. The receivers, it's going to be an issue. We I like I know that. Yeah. I think Rasheed Rice is awesome, but I think he realistically is like the fourth option on a high powered offense as a receiver. You know, I think with the Chiefs, you get Kelsey and maybe in the offseason you add a reliable slot and a deep down the field threat that can consistently win one on one. And then Rasheed can win in certain ways, but he can't win consistently versus man. Yep. But I think the Chiefs and Andy Reid, he can dial up enough things to make opposing defenses pay, especially in the AFC. There aren't teams defensively that can consistently stop anybody. Outside of the Ravens defense, every defense in the AFC is kind of, they're beatable. You know, the Broncos yep. are kind of teetering in that territory, but all those defenses are pretty much beatable. So mm -hmm. I... Listen, I'm still not worried about the Chiefs. I really, I, I'm not. One thing I'll say about the Dolphins, their rush defense has been at the forefront of how elite their defense has been. Uh, all season long, that's been the the one consistent factor. Where we saw last night, they were able to limit Derrick Henry to under 35 yards, I believe. I think it was yeah. 34. Uh, and I think they did too much of trying to sell out against the run where they felt as if Will Levis couldn't beat them. And then Will Levis started dotting up and kind of just started to gash them and they couldn't adjust accordingly. Definitely. We look onto coaching and not adjusting and making adjustments on the fly, but I still trust the dolphins defense without Javon Holland. Of course, that's a big loss and no Jalen Phillips where at least Javon should be back. No Jalen Phillips rest of the season. I still believe that Miami's dolphin, the Miami dolphins defense can do a job. Are we going to do this week in the NFL? Of course, let's go. Yeah, do you so have yours, Mr. Moran? I do. Before I go, I just want to read these lovely super chats because they were nice enough to donate to us. This is for you, Drew. Drew, why do you think the Jags defense is overrated? Our secondary is not that good. Uh, rush defense is all oh, right. That's like you the good part about really them. Gotta do a lot of analysis. Yeah, it's really they, they give up a lot of points, give up, up a lot of yards, give up a ton of yards. Uh, unfortunately, they also let up a lot of points. Yeah. There it is. Jeremy Early goes. Lamar goes on this run and wrecks the 49ers. Respect him. Hardest schedule left. The MVP will be his averaging 32 points per game over the last seven games. Don't sleep. Lamar against the Rams put himself back into the conversation. He a needed a special game, and yeah. that definitely is what it was. Chris Bass goes. The money goes to Drew as a formal apology. I would like to apologize for my words early this year saying he's him. Desmond Ritter is so ass. Hey, Desmond Ritter is coming he, off yeah. damn near a career day, probably. Yeah. I don't know if that's his most ever, but he had over 300 yards, touchdowns. He was he was on his thing. Put the team in position to win. Left the field winning, he as did. we like to say. And when it comes to Drake London, I have him in fantasy football in so many leagues. I want Desmond Ritter on the field because he force feeds Drake London. Uh, Desmond Ritter is definitely not good per se. Like, I would not. He's He's definitely not. He's, like, slightly under average. He's not a starting level quarterback on a consistent basis, but he has shown sight progression throughout this season as a passer can give credit where credit is due there. But yeah, he's not that good. And he sent another super chat saying one more before I go back to work. Ravens will be in the Super Bowl this year and the Rams can easily be in the NFC championship I this year. Dark horse. Rams is dark horse for sure. It's tough sledding right now because what aren't they five and seven where we currently stand right now? No. I think they're six and seven. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Which is definitely obviously better. Yeah. Five and seven I mean, makes sense. That's only there's really only games. two wild card spots though, because Dallas has got one locked up. Right. They're gonna have double digit wins. So you really only got two other spots in the in the NFC wild card race. Hold on, I'm looking at it right now. Six and seven. Okay, that's that's obviously better than five and seven. But let me look at the last couple of teams for the uh, for the NFC. Green Bay six and seven. All right, it's definitely doable because the Vikings are are seven and six, and honestly, they could be the team that fall out. They do have the Niners week eighteen, but the next three weeks are Commanders, Saints, and Giants. So very winnable games. And the Rams, Rams play the Niners very yeah. well. A Lorks goes. How the fuck does a DC do an amazing job against elite quarterbacks, but fold under pressure against bad quarterbacks? Yes, I'm talking about Joe Barry, that bum. Packers <laughs> still making the playoffs. Go, Pack, go. Talk to me, Mr. Moran. Listen, man, you know, this week in the NFL, I actually have... I'm going to scrap the one I had because I know y'all want to talk about Jordan Love and this and that. When you've been great for the last five games, you got some room to have a below average performance. He wasn't his best against the Giants. That being said, fourth oh, no. quarter, he was amazing. In the fourth quarter, Anders Carlson, the brother of Daniel Carlson, he missed a field goal, then made one later in the fourth. And then Jordan Love drove down the field and got a touchdown for the Packers and made back-to-back -back gorgeous plays. One of the plays was on third down to Malik Heath. He hit him on a dime with pressure in his face, but Malik Heath dropped it, even though I think that should have been a touchdown because he made he had two feet on the ground in the end zone, so I thought that should have been a touchdown. And then Malik Heath got a touchdown on fourth down. So I think Jordan Love, he, over the course of the game, handled the pressure well that Wink Martindale sent. It wasn't the cleanest game, but we're talking about somebody who's coming off a three-game stretch where he has been shredding. I mean, he's allowed a game where he's not the best. I still think the Packers make the playoffs. They will win three of the next four games. They'll finish 9-8 or 10-7, and seven, and they'll comfortably make the playoffs. The game that they were supposed to lose was against the Chiefs. So, again, they were allowed one, but this was supposed to be a gimme game for them. Jordan definitely clutched up at the end. That's what you want to see when you're not playing your best in the in the biggest moments. He he put his team in position like we like Joel said, he did leave the field winning. You got to give credit to the other side. That's also in due part to my this week in the NFL. Shout out to Tommy Cutlets. Tommy Cutlets, man. The guy goes and he leads a game-winning drive on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Listen, I know you guys are going to want to hear from me. Daniel Jones has been Falling short on that Monday night football every single time he's played there. I don't think he has a single a Monday night football. About those no, no, let's have a should conversation. We, should we rank the Giants quarterbacks? If you want to do that, you want to know why it's funny to me? Because last night's game from, from Tommy Tommy Cutlets, where he walked away with the W, that is the most important thing. What are you going to say? This is a Daniel Jones type game, correct? And what's that? And he doesn't throw for over 200 yards. Mm -hmm. He has almost 100 yards rushing. Best, best. Doesn't look the prettiest. Yeah. Pretty efficient, clean. Tom DeVito's $40 million. And that's fine. But again, you praise him because he won. He's also a rookie, undrafted. The, the story Story's is great. beautiful. A kid from Jersey. I always want that story to be at the forefront, and I want to see him have success in this league. Absolutely. I'm not here to, to tear him down by any means. But again, Daniel Jones last season was playing at a very consistent level week to week with not the best of weapons around him, similar to a Tommy Cutlets at this point right now too. But the difference from Daniel Jones this year and, and Tommy is that he has had the luxury of playing with Andrew Thomas. This offensive line has played a lot better 
with Tommy at quarterback because they have one of the best left tackles in the game playing. When Daniel Jones was playing, he was dealing with that hamstring injury and he was getting sacked left and right. When Tyra was in at quarterback, he also did not play with Andrew Thomas. He was getting sacked left and right. Andrew Thomas now comes in. We know the impact that he has on the football field. We saw it last year. We see it this year. And Tommy has been very careful with the ball, making some smart decisions. He, ha he had a missed throw early in the game, but then played a very clean game after that. Hit a similar throw on the opposite side of the field that he missed to Wandale that ended up putting them in game-winning uh, situation to kick that field goal. Just got to give credit where credit is due. But at the same time, Daniel Jones was put in a situation this season that was not opportune for him whatsoever. With no Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley missing time, Darren Waller missing time, one of the worst offensive lines in football, it was nowhere in his power that he could have done anything to be successful. But again, credit to the kid for being able to come in as a rookie, win ball games three in a row, the first rookie quarterback ever to win their first starts consecutively without throwing an interception. He's been awesome. So you got to give credit where credit is due there. What I Drew just, just said, oh, sorry, Dells. What Drew just said was Tommy DeVito playing well, but Daniel Jones is better. That's what he basically said. I still do believe he's better. I just want to give this out there. I mean, you, you mentioned how Daniel Jones played really well last year. 15 passing touchdowns, career year for him. <laughs> 22 total, rush for almost 800 yards, playoff win against a 13-win team. Yes, finish the context. Tommy DeVito has eight passing touchdowns in six starts this year, which is actually on pace for a 16-game pace to be more than the 15 passing touchdowns that Daniel Jones eclipsed in his career breakout year last season. And Tommy Cutlass is using his legs. I mean, Dells, if we're ranking the Giants quarterbacks, I mean, number one, you got to rank Tommy DeVito up there. I mean, what he's yeah, yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. He, he's number one. Uh, number two, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, I think is number two comfortably. You got to put him one for obvious reasons. Yes. Tyrod Taylor is up there. He's, he's a great deep ball thrower. And then number three is Daniel Jones. I mean, when you talk about his game, you talk about his price, I mean, he has to be number three. He, he has to be, right? He's the most expensive. The price is the worst thing. That's really where it comes down to that. I can't argue too oh, much. Oh, uh, uh, DG hit, Joel. Let's go. But Tommy DeVito is probably, you know, saving Daniel Jones' job. Because if the Giants were asked and they got a number two pick, he would have undoubtedly got He still replaced. might be gone. It would have played him one more year, and then they would have moved on. Or no. in, the, in the opposite direction, maybe they're going to win just enough games where the Giants weren't comfortable taking Jane Daniels at five or six. But if he's there at 10 or 11, maybe they take Jane Daniels. There. You think he goes 10 or 11 now after winning the Heisman? No, I feel so like we'll get closer to draft time and his draft stock will yeah, go. I don't higher. know if he's going to go top five, though. Uh -huh. No, I mean, just because we saw his draft time got closer, we saw Anthony Richardson keep climbing, keep climbing, keep climbing. With, with the way it goes with quarterbacks, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a fact. But I'll move on to my this week in the NFL. I got two. Number one, sadly, Justin Herbert, fractured finger, going to be gone for the rest of the season. Um, it's been a tough season for the Chargers. You know, I had some high hopes for them coming into the season with Kellen Moore and company, but. Injuries, 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 and honestly, even when they were on the field, you know, these this last like month or so, it feels like the offense was uh, was sputtering a bit. Very Keenan Allen dependent. It feels like they need kind of a reset overall on this team, coaching staff, um, new offensive weapons. They have some talent on the defense, but it feels like kind of more names than actual talent. They have some holes really on all levels of this team, the offensive line as well. Um, so you know, prayers Justin Herbert, just fresh finger, he should be fine. But the other one, Joel, I'm surprised this wasn't yours. How about that guy, Zach Wilson, man? 300 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 118 pass rating. The, jet, the Jets dominate the Texans 
30 to six. And I just want to get a pulse check real quick on twin over here. Riv doesn't have tank Dell. Nico Collins gets injured. Who knows how long he's going to be out for. Dolan Schultz has already missed some time. Tough, tough situation right now. Bro. 90 yards on 10 completions. It wasn't pretty. How are you feeling about the Texans right now? Sitting at seven and six with injuries to CJ Stroud, yeah. concussion protocol, like and their best weapons. Shit. I don't think he is because I think no quarterback has played well against Jets. So I'm like perfectly fine with getting locked up by the Jets. That shit doesn't hurt me at all. And then the fact that he lost his top receiver, then his tight end, like it's tough. I don't know. And he's in concussion protocol, so I don't even know if he's going to play I'm this week. So honestly, they already, they already. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about fantasy football. That's oh, okay, all he's okay, doing. Okay. They already see the expectations, man. They did. So they, they don't need to do too much. The, the goal was trying to get to the playoffs, but if they don't make it, they're fine regardless. I was talking about this on the fantasy reaction. I think you play it safe than sorry with, with CJ Stroud. Same thing the Colts did. Play yeah. it safe. Definitely. I, I think that his situation definitely was different because he had to have his shoulder repaired after the, the AC injury. But at the same time, no Nico, no tank. Don't show probably is not going to play this week. I think he's played safe with him. Sit him a game if you need to sit him too. That's fine. He's already shown you more than you ever anticipated coming into the season. He's put you in a position that you weren't expecting. I understand that you don't have your first round pick. That might be the primary reason why you do bring CJ Stroud out there. So yeah, there is a chance for them to 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 still win some games if you put CJ out there. But this wasn't an ideal matchup for CJ. I felt that way coming in. Still a rookie. Jets defense has been playing at an elite level. But if CJ is is gonna miss two games, I'm fine with that. If I'm a Texans fan, I'll live. What's your what's well, your this weekend? I do have one. Uh, it, it correlates to Green Bay losing. Ha 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 ha. Um, did you know that the Chicago Bears are one game behind the Green Bay Packers in the division? Oh, did you also know the Chicago Bears are one game out of tying for the last wild card spot entering Week 15? The Bears have been. Did you know the Chicago Bears own the number one pick by two games? Did you also know the Chicago Bears are three and one in their last four? Mm. Should Did you know out. the Chicago Bears have won back-to-back division games? Mm. Did you know the Bears also have Justin Fields playing like a good-ass quarterback? Yes. Listen, I'm not going to say the Bears are going to make the playoffs. But. But. <laughs> they've been hooping. And I think you got to give him some credit. You know, it was a lot of That's talks about the Bears moving off of Justin Fields, and he's not the guy. And whatever his name Eberflus. is. Eberflus. Not oh, doing good. It's, go. it's Bears-Browns this week. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. When we get to Patreon, we'll lock in on that. What but, are you uh, going to do? I'm Call him fucking time? I know who uh, I'm picking. Um, you know, it's been Are you going to ride? It's just, I'm talking. Thank you. It's been a lot of noise on Chicago, and I just want to give some credit to Justin Fields. He's been hooping, That's doing nice. his thing. DJ Moore. You know, he just broke a record for Chicago. I think he already eclipsed his touchdown, uh, his touchdown receptions for most of his career. So him and Justin Fields have had this great connection. The defense, Montez Sweat, the guy they were shitting on, shitting on, shitting on. He's been playing well. He has 3.5 sacks in his last three games. They've been hooping on the defensive side. So just credit to Chicago. They have completely been playing great their last four games. If they finish off the season great. My overreaction doesn't look like overreaction too much. What was your Fields, reaction? Fields stays the quarterback. They trade the number one pick. They hoop like this and Fields keeps balling. Glad you're Listen finally up. realizing that the Chicago Bears are, are good. I've been realizing. Oh, have you? Then why didn't you pick them last week? You have one. Because I, I didn't pick them one time. Well, you're supposed to be every week. You I'm thought blindly Detroit picking. was good and you didn't pick Detroit. Because I knew that they aren't that good anymore. Well, good. So lock in. I still love Chicago. You they, should. I they're, love Chicago. They're pretty lit. You fell off. They're in a great position. I didn't fall off. I've actually been here. What's your 10 teams? Uh, oh, wait. 
What do you mean? I, we have the overreactions. Come on, come on. Do you have no, a would you rather? Going, no, we're going crazy right now. Well, no, he already, has a, he has a would you rather. We already skipped up the fuck up already. No, I folded when but it came to the prospects. Dels, who's your would you rather? Because me and you both have one. No, I don't. You tell me you did. No, he no, said he did. I, I looked at you and I said, "Do you have the would you rather?" Sweet? I do you have said, one, yeah. but you said, said you okay. didn't No, I said if you don't, like I'll I'll make one. Okay. All right. I have one. This guy oh does now. Here we go. Here we go. Here. Would you rather Dak Prescott? Okay. Obviously, Let's do it. we got we got to lock in, give the guy some shine for MVP hooping. Dak. MVP Dak is what they say, but I feel like we have another MVP candidate right here that I might pick over him. You know. Uh, would you rather Dak Prescott edition? Don't know if this is second or third, but we are here for vibes. All right. First name up, Jared Goff. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Not even thinking twice about it. It's Dak Prescott easily. Number two, Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. I'm going with Dak Prescott, but there was once a moment where I think both of them are in a similar tier, and if Kirk doesn't get hurt this year, the Vikings could be overtaking the lines in the NFC North right now. Who knows? That's all, all I'm saying. Kirk was playing Kirk, great, too. Kirk was hooping like an MVP. They just weren't winning games, and they started winning games. Give Kirk some credit. Number three, the guy they've been slandering, Jalen Hurts. I'm still I'll, taking Jalen I'll still Hurts. take Jalen. I think Dak is a better quarterback. Yeah, I'm I going with Dak. Of course. Why you don't? I'm smart when I do what I do. Number four, CJ motherfucking Stroud, man. I'll go Dak. Dak Dak's playing better right now. So you're taking, but I think uh, like longevity would take Stroud. You're such a cop out. Dak is better. I'm taking CJ. It's the only one I want to answer. Um, number five, K1 Kyler Murray. Mm. I'm going with Dak Prescott. We know. I'm going with Dak. Dak. You go with Dak. Shout out to my guy K1, Don't man. You, you folded. Don't you? Dak's playing at a high level. The masses. Right the masses. I love the masses. Didn't Lamar win MVP and you still thought K1 was better? I still do. <laughs> what do we do? Uh, this uh, is tough. I got to give credit to Dak. He's been better this season. And he's been, obviously, Calloway missed a good portion because he was injured. He's come yeah, back. He's, he's been all right. Uh, God. My heart, my heart says Kyler, but the answer is Dak. That's um, I'll put Jalen Hurts twice, so we'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> Next guy up, Brock Purdy. Dak, it's Dak. Dak Prescott's better. Also, the second one I'll answer, Brock Purdy. Uh, <laughs> I'm dead at this EPA show. Just so bad. Yeah. Next guy up, Jordan Love. Dak oh, Prescott. This isn't close. This is the the furthest that it's ever been. Nuts. Dak it's Dak Prescott. Don't sleep on Jordan Love, though. I know he had a bad game. You guys are trying to now clown on Jordan Love. Still, not I wasn't there. clowning him. Did I clown him? You didn't clown him, Drew. Riff, Riff, throwing that image in the in the chat. Dale oh, was yeah, yeah, no, but you cool. I don't even give a fuck about you. Cool. That looks crazy to me. That, that did look nice. crazy. Uh, next guy up, Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott. If you didn't take Dak, Kyle, is better. Can't, can't. I'm taking I Dak can't. over that game manager. I don't know what world Russ is better than Dak. Well, Dak's height heights still. We're talking about right now, buddy. Russ is just uh, that's Seattle Russ. Seattle Russ is a movie. We're talking about today, buddy. What are, you, what are you doing? He has a winning record. How about your team? Shut up. What does that do with Shut Dak? up. Shut up. You're not going to do shit. I'm going to go. With, and when we win the fucking bowl, what are you going to say? Okay. And when we win a playoff game, what are you going to say? When we win a playoff game before you guys even make it, what are you going to say? All right. The answer is Dak Prescott. It's not close. Next guy, Geno Smith. Dak Prescott, not close. Yuck. It's Dak Prescott. And the final guy, guy maybe a little bit ahead of his tier, but Joel took him over Jalen Hurts, so he may think Dak is walking to this tier. Trevor Lawrence. 
Taking Dak Prescott. I'm taking Dak Prescott. I'm, I'm going to go Dak Prescott also. And right how now. the tides have fallen. He Dak, Dak is better is right now. Walked in the top. Dak's three. better right now. Trevor hasn't been bad this year. I feel like people are trying to paint that narrative that he hasn't been good. A little ridiculous. Turn on the film. Uh, but at the same time, Dak Prescott's just playing at a higher level. I would level. take Dak over eighty of these guys. Uh, you didn't so, ask. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised. No Joe Burrow. No Herbert. Because I know they're better. I didn't uh, need Dak. So. Okay, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I would take. But Dak he took Jalen Hurts over him, so you never know. He does, but he. I know, I know. He's a yep. God, but but that ain't a real. What do we mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, you know, you know how Joel gets. You know, um, oh yeah. I would God. take Dak over seventies guys. Purdy and uh, CJ. You know where I'm going. You're losing me. You're losing so before me. we get into our overreactions, I want to show you guys something. And yourself, this bro. is this is the third down that the Dolphins had. That had they converted this third down, the Titans would have never had the ball. This was the fourth quarter. Okay. This was the second to last offensive possession the Dolphins had. The third so and three off, screen. Off okay, this, no. it wasn't a screen. This was third down. So off this screenshot, does it look like everybody's blanketed? I don't know. It looks like who's this open guy right here is going into this corner, um, into this out route. Tua has a clean pocket, and he actually ends up taking a sack on this. You do, you do the have safety's the safety right here. there. Where's the first down marker? It's here. The first down marker you see by the forty yard yes, line. I see. It's the, like the thirty-five. The top. The thirty-five. That was the play. I think That's he's close. open. How quickly does he get sacked after this? I mean, look at what the look at the pocket right now. There's nobody near him. What are you talking about? The the guy off the edge is right there with a beeline. I, he has I, time man. to throw that ball. Joe Burrow makes that play. Just, oh just let's say. Well, and this is the last that. drive. This is the fourth down in which Tua, I think, took the sack. So this third down, Tua ran, ran, and he scrambled, and then he got hit before the marker. The this way. is the fourth down. It's fourth and three, I believe. It's very short. Do you see guys open? Everybody looks covered up to me. Who? This guy right here on the flat? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Potentially. I mean, if he was one of them ones. There's the some, only, the, the only one I would have liked him to see where he's not looking his no, way he can fit that is ball the one right the here. At the yes, bottom that's the one I'm looking at. He can at. fit that ball there. That's the one I'm looking at. This one right here, Riv. This no, I'm, th I'm thinking right here. I think he can. Fit I'm thinking that ball. on the right side of the field because if you're going to throw to the, the right hash out, all the, the way right to the here. left, that the corner could jump. Well, the back. only reason I say is look, the first down. I don't trust these Titans guys to jump anything. Uh, I I don't disagree. He should have let it rip. Uh, so but in my opinion, I think that the out route is open, and I think there's a player that's coming open to the middle of the field on this dig where this safety kind of is in the middle. I think Tua does have a chance to anticipate this window coming open and and hit him. So I think there were two options on the on the right side of him. That pocket also collapsed pretty fast on that fourth down. But again, I'm not going to disagree too much. I think he's looking at that out route. He probably should have just let it rip, regardless, incomplete or, or not. I think he should have just let it go because the pressure is coming pretty fast onto him. I think he should have just I'm let saying it go. Is I think Tua had a chance to be a hero. I, I think he did. And this I, is my issue. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think you, when you go down and you're up 15 points and your defense blows it, you need to be the guy that goes and, and drives, put your field, uh, put your team in, in field goal range at minimum. But he didn't do that, and that was definitely unfortunate. But at the same time, defense letting up 15 points in three minutes. Come on. Uh, Stroot saying Dante X and McCook are the best. It's cooking, cooking us? Yeah. What's the score? 
Dante. Oh, you guys the Mavericks lost. Are down five in two seconds. Okay. With no, with no, with no Kyrie. Oh my God. That's about twenty six. It's twenty six, four and three. Eight for How 10, much Cam has? Seven for nine from three. How much Cam has? Football okay, see, that's like you chucked that out. He had four, three, two. Had a great game. Derek Lively had eight rebounds. I needed one more. AD did not get the 14 boards, but he did have fucking 37 and 11. I know. I had a feeling he was he lost. Oh, my goodness. Probably with doubling Luka, and he was just letting Which that I'm fine. Luka had 33 and 17. Okay. Okay. All right. So before we move on to overreaction, did you guys hear that apparently, according to NBC Sports writer Tom Curran, who covers the Patriots, the they are going to part ways with Bill Belichick after this season. After the Patriots lost to the Colts in Germany, Robert Kraft made the decision that he's going to part ways with Bill Belichick. That's at least a report. Yeah. I think we're all expecting it. End of an era. Right? I do think we're all expecting Bill Belichick to move on to a different situation. Do you think he'll go straight to a team? you think he'll take a Sean Payton year off kind of thing and reassess? Nah, he'll be back. He'll be back. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be wanting no, to ride uh, around. I don't see him going to Fox for a year or something. I'm telling you, and this is my worst nightmare. Staley's going to get fired at the end of the season. Herbert's going to come back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be ready to go. With the personnel on that defense, Bill Belichick will find a way to make them one of the best defenses in the game, you just, and they're going to be one of the best teams you gotta, in football. You, you got to OP, and this year off, he looks in the mirror and says, I got to figure out this offense shit. I got to get someone true, who knows true. this offense shit because I can't keep running out the same people expecting different results. His defense but the, great thing, the great thing about the Chargers is that they're going to have a top pick and I think even though they took Quinn Johnson in the first round this this past draft and he's been a bust, they have to draft another receiver. They have to draft another top-end talent in the draft, and they need to give Herbert more weapons because Mike Williams is injury-prone. Keenan Allen is having a great year, but he's getting up there in age. They need to start preparing right now and replenishing that receiver room and actually filling it up with people that are good. Can I ask you guys a question? I only say this because with the Chargers and with their wide receiver history, we saw a guy in a Mike Williams who we now acknowledge is one of the better receivers in the game. He's coming back next year. Didn't he have himself a pretty mediocre rookie season? He was coming off. Did he tear his ACL or was he coming off torn ACL? To start his career, he was not the best of receivers. This bad, though. Not this bad fun. Yeah, but again, wasn't. I feel like it's still too early where one season we can't just say that this guy's done. One year and that's it. We're calling him like he can't be good at all. Where this game with Easton Stick, fine, of course, it's not really moving anyone. Still made some two two nice catches at least. Like it's still your rookie season. You're allowed to. You need to be better than what he's shown you, Joel. I, I agree with you. He's definitely not been good. However, it's still early on before we're calling him a flat out bust, especially with the Mike Will. Do you have the stats or you're still looking for? Him? Oh no, he was terrible. He I know. Catches. I thought so. Yards. I, I think think even even if you are holding out hope for Quinn Johnson being good, which maybe he can be, I don't know. I would not rely on that if I'm I was fine. the Chargers. I'm fair. I would I'm still draft a receiver, it, it, whether it's Malik Neighbors or drafting Brock Bowers in the first round, very yep. high, or Roma Dunze. Like I'm drafting somebody to give Herbert more help. Brock Bowers would be a perfect addition to this team, no doubt. But maybe if you look at the defensive side of the ball and they've been terrible, and maybe they go and they use a pick on a defensive lineman. He, he did come into that season injured. Or is this funny towards ACL? I don't remember. Playing 10 games, though, I do wonder. Yeah, he came in. Um, I'm just seeing how much did he actually like play, though? He was playing. He never played 50 or played 50 percent of snaps one game. Other than that, he was like around 40 percent. I say Quinn Johnson earlier in the year was barely playing, also. Yeah, but once uh once once Palmer Mike went, went down, down, I I agree. Yeah. Palmer and Mike, both yeah. at the same time, definitely was a position for him to succeed. All right, 
let's get into our overreactions after week 14 of the NFL season. Mr. Rivio Foran, I'll allow you to go first. Give me your overreaction. Same one. I think uh, my overreaction is probably is the same as my AFC contenders. I like that. It's like Buffalo that. Bills. Fuck it, yeah, I think Buffalo Bills are going to make the Super Bowl. I think that's my overreaction. Super Bowl. Okay. I wasn't even going go that far. No, I'm, I'm locking in. This this going to this gonna stand on business. Defense uh, is not, still not great. It makes timely plays. They, they have their moments. Like, um, Russell Douglas has been good. Listen, their defense isn't great. Baltimore doesn't have any primetime receivers. Uh, Kansas City Spec doesn't have, have any primetime. Like, anybody that's going to constantly destroy you, I think you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have that guy on the other side, so I think you'll always be okay. That's fine. Josh Allen definitely will keep the Bills in every game like he's oh, done. and another one. Cleveland Browns will win a first-round game. Okay. For, oh, first round? Yeah. Joe okay. Flacco is going to get a win. Yes. At age 38. He was on the couch three weeks ago. He was. Got to respect him. Don't 200 yards. All right, Mr. Dells, uh, I'll give you some time. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, Mr. Moran. Oh, he doesn't have one. No, no I know. I was, he's gonna, I that bills. was yours. Uh, All right, Mr. Moran, talk to me. What is your overreaction? Because honestly, my first one I had was the one I did last week. I just forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> my overreaction is I don't think the Bears should fire Matt Eberflus. He's turned right. around this Bears defense. The Montez, Sweat pay, the, the Montez Sweat trade is paying off dividends. He's making some big-time plays down the stretch of some big-time games. I look at how Justin Fields is playing. I look at how this defense is playing. I don't think the Bears are far off from competing at a high level. They're going to have a lot of money this offseason. They have a lot of draft picks. And I feel like why let go of Iberflus and Ryan Poles when you let them overhaul the roster in hopes of this upcoming offseason making the moves that they see fit to make this team their identity. So I think he's not going to get fired. I don't think the Bears fired Matt Eberflus. I think he will be back next year, and so will Ryan Poles. All right, I got one now. So we don't think the Bears should fire Matt Eberflus, and I don't think this might be an overreaction because we've talked about this a lot, but the Steelers should move on from Mike Tomlin. Mm. We've seen year in and year out. He's over 500. He's a legend in Pittsburgh, probably going to the Hall of Fame one day. But right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers need to reset. They need to reset at quarterback, offense coordinator and a head coach too this team has not been able to put together success you know you look at the Steelers has the has the expectation now become just be better than 500 this is a team that year in and year out back in the prime Big Ben days prime Mike Tomlin days it's Super Bowl or bust have we gone to a point now where it's the Steelers they could be nine and eight it's cool first round exit it's cool haven't won a playoff game in seven years it's fine because it's Mike Tomlin it's one of the best coaches in the league and there's not a doubt in my mind if Mike Tomlin got fired, he could have a head coaching position the next day. I still think he's a great football mind, but very similar to Bill Belichick in New England, I think Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers, is probably best for both parties if they split ways. My issue with that is I understand where you're coming from, and I agree. If he gets fired, immediately job. However, is it his fault that the, the quarterback position gets injured and no, it's but not it's good? No, it's his fault that he held on let to Canada, Canada for so long. Fine. and. He definitely had a hand in drafting, drafting Kenny, Pickett. Kenny. The thing is, they needed a quarterback. Yes, we agree that that class wasn't the best. Uh, but at the same time, they were in a position where they were a quarterback list or you were either going to start Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. So I his hands were kind of behind his back. He was he was put in a, a tough bridge position for a year. I mean, look, but at, who? Look at, it's very easy to but find who? a bridge. At Anyone name one year. Name um, one. Brissett. Um, you could have, you could have Gardner, yeah, you could have found a few guys. Okay, I would rather I do a year Minshew. of Minshew and then the next year. The Browns just found class. Joe Flacco two weeks ago. 
But Joe Flacco on the Broncos and the Jets was not that good. PJ so Walker. He was, he was decent for the Jets. He won that game against the Browns first last year. They, they didn't fine. need nobody to on be the Broncos. He was terrible. He, was. he didn't need nobody to be magnificent. Kenny Pickett has been good. I, I I definitely don't disagree with you that Kenny Pickett's not that great of a quarterback. And they win. They they don't win games because of him. Fourth well, quarter down the stretch, I, he clutches up. He, yeah, he, he makes there. okay play for the for majority. It's been that defense getting clutch for plays, sure. clutch stops. I agree. So it's like, uh, by the way, Exum hit a five threes in the fourth. Five? Yeah. It's only two players have done this season. Can you name the other one? Uh, five. I'm East. just going to guess. Uh, Eric White? No. Mm. Kobe White? Is it, no. is it a Celtic? No. Okay. Trey Young? No. What? Okay, this is third. It's fifth. Steph Curry? <laughs> no. He said East. East. Oh, I didn't hear. But that. it's uh, how do I put? It's this? a bottom dweller. It's uh, it's a well-known player. Lamella Ball. Yes. Uh, knew, had a feeling. All right. Um, my overreaction. The Denver Broncos will win the division. The Kansas City Chiefs will find a way to drop a couple of games, and we will be number one, and win the AFC West. We can move on from. Okay, this. so the Chiefs need to lose two games. Yes, I have their schedule Talk right here. Me. Um, next week. Sunday they play New England in New England. Could lose. No, we're not here for cuts. That, that's lose? that's yes, what. No. Listen, they're going to be favored they in every win? single no. game. Is they going to win the bottom five team in the league, a bottom three team in the league? Then right now in positions have the number two pick overall. Okay, um, they did just upset the Steelers. I think every other game probably have a better chance. Next is Las Vegas Raiders. I think the Chiefs win that. They kind of own uh, Las Vegas. Home to Cincinnati. This is another one. They, they could lose, but you probably favor, like I said, you probably favor the Chiefs in every matchup. And at the Chargers week 18. Without Herbert, they're cooked. Okay. It's so not the, crazy. So there's two potential L's with New England's Patriots. This guy's fucking idiot. It's an overreaction, obviously. This is no, this is a fandom. <laughs> this is not sometimes a I, yeah. sometimes you need a bot pick. You know, I'm, uh, listen, Riv, I don't think you understand. You're an idiot. I've been in misery for years. I finally get to see my team win some ball games, and you're here raining on my fucking parade? Yeah. Shame on fucking you. That's my job. Is it your job? To tell you the truth. Okay. I'm your friend. Pop Shit, it out. Riv, if I came up here and said, with Zach Wilson playing the way he's playing, the Jets are going to win out, go 9-8, and, and I'll make I'll call you a fucking idiot. I'd be lit. You just <laughs> do for over like, 300. It's like, ah. Listen, Drew, as as you're my brother. I'm t- I'm here to tell you. You know how truth. happy I'd be if the Jets fucking made the playoffs. I don't know. You've been shitting on us all episode long, bro. Well, you, your best well, here we go. Is here we go. Here we go. You you, you are you were on one talking about two. Let him talk. Let him talk. He's spinning. It, when I know your history. You when are, I know you your history. Ironic. Stop talking. Uh, uh, not only that, but root. Two. Interrupts and root. Okay, say whatever you want, that's Rev. Two. I, yeah, and that's Thunder's three. No, it's three. Oh, it's three. It's three. Oh, yeah. that's a great Both line. Both related around that. It's a great line. Yeah, I cooked. I mean, I knew it. Dover would smack. I, I didn't say a word. Oh, you said the old. Awesome you know what? That's three on me saying it. That's three on you fucking doing it. You fucking. I, neither of them were were related to me except for this one. Yeah, you're sick. You should stop being that. I'm not. The world is all about seeing colors for what they are. I don't disagree at all. Uh, I thought you don't see color. No, you should. You most definitely should. Be ignorant to like. Of course, you're a black man. Be ignorant to say otherwise. That's what you are, Hispanic. I don't think you see me like you're white. That. Everyone's brothers and sisters to me, man. We are. <laughs> I have one more overreaction. Crazy. <laughs> Joel, you don't have any response to my Broncos when they to us. He doesn't care. I don't think it's not going to happen. <laughs> but what happens when it does? It won't. It won't. It really won't. The Texans really screwed us. It we really won won't. Texans game. We're right in prime position, dude. It sucks. I have. I have one more overreaction, and it's a. Uh, I think the Jets should continue developing Zach Wilson. I don't think they should move on from him this year. The quarterback I saw versus the Texans in the rain 
sick of this shit. No, no, I'm with him. Talk. One of the best performances that I've seen Zach Wilson have. It's so clear when he's letting it rip, trusting his arm, and the offense is going around him. He can be a solid quarterback in the league. Will he live up to the second overall pick? I don't know. Only Tom will tell. But I do know that Zach Wilson is made of some good stuff. He has some good qualities. He cares about this game. He wants to be better. And I don't think the Jets should just ship him off somewhere. Let him sit behind Aaron for one year. Let him really properly develop. And then when it comes time where Aaron's not the quarterback, give Zach a chance to get the team back and play for us. Because I think there is some untapped potential here. And I have a feeling that if we do trade him, he's going to go to another team. He's going to get an opportunity, and he's going to look really damn good. It's just my gut feeling. My you saw, sorry, you saw that report saying that uh, Zach Wilson and Robert Sala apparently met, and they basically both said that at the end of the season, we're going to trade you and move on. No. I Ooh. didn't see that, but that's messed up. That makes me sad. A pity of like, I, I, I want to see him succeed in I New wish, York. I man. do wish the best for Zach, but time is probably coming. He sucks. I only say I want to see him succeed is because New York media is is definitely cutthroat. When you're not performing, they're gonna let you know. And with with Zach Wilson, he's definitely done more to to enhance the 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 hate that comes his way. But you look at the pressers; he seems miserable. Even when he had this good game against the Texans, he couldn't even enjoy it. it. It felt like he wasn't even enjoying the moment of bouncing back. He had a great game against the Texans. And again, he's been kind of conditioned to just be numb to everything. He is, of course, an Meanwhile, NFL player. Tommy DeVito off the fucking couch is performing excellently. We're not giving excuses. He got, Brian Dable. he got Brian Dable. That's enough different. Is enough. The dude stinks. He's not good <laughs> at football, bro. Let it go. He was a top five had pick a, in the world. He just had a great game, though. Yeah, he did. And we can give him that. But it's enough with this. De- and you. Enough with this <laughs> development shit. You still want to see. No. It's, no you know what no. it is? And, and, Joel, let me know if I'm off base here. You see what happened with Jordan Love. You feel as if it can happen again with Zach Wilson. I just saw what happened with Geno Smith. Okay, I think Zach Wilson is an anomaly. It's okay. Can play. I was going to say, and also bro. Sam Darnold also left and wasn't good. He was okay with the he, Panthers. He, a, he was okay with the Panthers. Stretch. The thing about Sam is that Sam left a bad situation and went to a bad situation. If Sam went to a better situation with infrastructure, which the Panthers had when CMC was healthy. He would have played well, and he even played well for some stretch of games until he lost that infrastructure. I think Zach just needs to go to a good team. Like, could I see the Lions taking a flyer on him for a, a mid-round or late-round pick, and then Zach is in a quarterback battle with Hendon Hooker, and Zach wins that quarterback battle? The Lions go into next season with Hendon Hooker and Zach Wilson at quarterback. They're not winning anything. Yeah, 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 nice. You are getting the number one pick. Let's come on. I'm I not think Jamo would be lit. The, I mean, yeah, fuck it. He's down there somewhere type vibe, but the Lions trying to win some they games. They easily man. have the worst quarterback in the division. Yeah. Listen, That's I just think awesome. it's it's easy to pin all the blame on Zach Wilson when he's had one of the worst offensive lines. Wow. He's had receivers outside of Garrett Wilson that can't get open. He's had a rushing attack that does not is inconsistent. We don't have a running game. I'm it's easy to blame it all on Zach Wilson. But if you, you if you give him a consistent <laughs> running game, if you give him protection, he can play well. I well, believe you. Well, what does Zach have on you? What does, does he have your team? Does he, does he, does he like, hey, what does he have on you? 
because this this shit is insane. Like this he has my heart. <laughs> Zach Wilson has my heart. That's a great answer. Let me say, I respect the hell out of him, man. Great answer. Never, never not ride for Zach. I respect Wilson. that because I feel the same way with Cam Reddish. I never left. And we're up, baby. We're here. We're up like we never left. In season tournament champion. Should have won MVP. <laughs> okay. Is it okay. He was pretty great defensively. All right, let's move on to the last part of the show. You know how we wrap up our NFL shows. We're going to do our after week 14 NFL power rankings. God, I have to piss like a sailor. Mr. Riverio Forum, we'll start with you. So here we go. Here we go. Piss. So lock in. So number 10, slotting in a new team in the range. You know me. I'm a, I'm a lover of stories. I love stories and I love backups and guys who take over starting spots for guys who we think are nice but are really not that good. So sliding in there, I got the Bengals, man. Shout out to them for making this list. Going out there, Jake Brown, and shout out to you. You might be a starter after all. You surprise you know me sometimes, he's, 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 he's a go. He surprises me Number nine, I got the Jaguars. You know, they did lose, but I, I, I still like that team for sure. Number eight, slide them in. Welcome back, Joe motherfucking Flacco. <laughs> the Cleveland fucking Browns. Welcome back, baby. They slotted at number eight. Number seven, Miami, I got to drop you. Losing to the Titans like that was crazy to me. Number six, welcome back to the top six, baby. The Buffalo motherfucking Bills. Josh Allen brings back his throne. He's back in the top six. Number five, I dropped him, the Chiefs. Number four, the Eagles. Number three, I got the Ravens. Number two, Dallas. You, you, you almost made number one, but they make number two. And then the best team in the world, the Niners at one. Okay. I got a, I got a different. Oh, I left Detroit out. I was gonna say I got three different. They were gone last week, brother. I got, <laughs> I got three teams in here that you don't have. At oh. ten, I still got the Denver Broncos. That's oh, okay. Let's respect. You no, know, like Drew mentioned, yeah, just barely you know lost. Okay. Adjust. I'm gonna keep the Bengals at ten. Jacksonville, get the fuck out of here. I'm putting Denver at nine. We're here. I know you don't got Cleveland because you, you just, you just Cleveland. You sit, you, Cleveland will be eleven. Jacksonville will be twelve. They're called the Browns. You know, oh, like you, you, I get, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That was crazy. That was crazy. We smashed them. I get it. They're called the Browns. I understand why you don't like them, but you know what? Take Jacksonville out. We slide in Denver. My fault, Drew. Ten. I got the Denver Broncos. I respect them. They would be on a seven-game heater if it wasn't Fuck. for just a barely missed, uh, not missed, but lost to the Houston Texans <clears> twin <throat> over there. At nine, I do have the Detroit Lions. I'm not completely out on them. They have to win in specific ways. <laughs> they cannot win outside. But more than this. anything, three of the last four games, they've had three or more turnovers. If they could just cut down the turnovers, they would be in these games. They would have a couple more wins. At eight, first time all season long, the Los Angeles Rams are playing some of the best football in the NFL. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Baltimore Ravens. They've had multiple wins before that. They've been putting up 26, 30 points. Matt Stafford looks as good as he had all season long. Puka Nakua looks good. Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup had his best game. First time in damn near, what, two months probably That's since we've seen Cooper Cup have this type of game. Puka's is better, man. Come on. He's not. He's not. He's not. I fuck, he's with, not, I fuck not. with Puka. But, um, and I love Kyron Williams. That run game is really getting going, too. At seven, I have the Miami Dolphins. You have to drop them a couple spots here, but the top yeah. seven are all teams that are going to be contenders, but I see Miami kind of at the bottom of that list. Screw Six, you. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't like this offense. The defense is respectable, one of the best in the league. It's more than respectable. But at five, Buffalo Bills, they just took care of business. I like that offense more, and Josh Allen's playing like a top-two quarterback in the world. At four, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, still sitting at 10 and three, still have a chance to win the division and an outside chance to win the number one seed, but the 49ers probably have that locked up. 
At three, the Dallas Cowboys. Hottest team in football. Dak Prescott and MVP tour. I'm sorry, Mike McCarthy. You've obviously heard my word, my words and want me to eat them. I'm eating those words. You're playing like coach Solid of the year all. candidate. Number two, Baltimore Ravens, in my opinion, should be the favorites in the AFC. Lamar Jackson, a couple more games like this, should be back in that MVP conversation. But at number one, the San Francisco 49ers. I don't see a weakness here. Brock Purdy continues to get better and better week after week. Same thing with the defense. If all of these weapons are healthy, I have a hard time seeing any team beat them. Mr. Moran, talk to me. Sorry, I was fixing my mic. <laughs> my top 10 is, listen, Riv, I mean, your top 10 was a little bit nasty. It really was. We're I here, couldn't bro. believe it. I really couldn't. Listen, number 10, I I'm going to go with the Rams here at number 10. I think they're playing some really good football. They gave the on. Ravens a fight. Their offense looked potent. Their defense is playing much better. Number nine, I got the Browns. Joe Flacco being a quarterback gives them a safe floor. Number eight, I dropped the Dolphins all the way down to number eight. Oh, the losing to the Titans was what about embarrassing. The I got the Buffalo Bills at number seven. I think no team wants to face them right now. They're one of the hottest teams in football, especially since I think they're going to beat Dallas this weekend. I do. Number six, I got the Denver Broncos in here. I think the way they play in their play All forgiven. Consistent All forgiven. Oh I love you. God. I love you. So who do you drop? Six. Number I five. I love you, Joel. Don't ever doubt that. I fucking love you. Number five, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. The oh. defense is a huge question mark. Great their job. offense has no identity, and they just lost back-to-back -back no games ball. in embarrassing fashion. Number four, this is where I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand there's still question marks around their offense. But when we talk about them come playoff time, Steve Spagnola can dial up one of the best defensive game plans. I trust Andy Reid with the game script to get this offense rolling. The yardage has been there for KC. They just got to get the points up. Number three, the Baltimore Ravens. They're the best team in the AFC, but I think the best two teams in football, the Dallas Cowboys, and then number one in the 49ers. Joel, you do know the only nasty thing I did, which you don't like, is the fact that the backup quarterback is carrying the Bengals right now. Having the Bengals as a top 10 team is crazy. Well, they were in top 10 when Joe Burrow was playing. I'm sorry. You they were. Them. Dallas had them top 10. Dallas has... Dallas does it differently. I also Wait, had them. I also had them pretty high when they beat the Wait, Niners. No, I, I have not had the Bengals top ten without Joe Burrow. Without Joe oh, Burrow, no way. Keep this, no, no, he, no. Riv, Riv said with Joe Burrow, nobody had them top ten, and I and I oh, said Dallas oh. had them top ten. Sorry, I mean, we're talking about a Bengals team that with Joe Burrow beat the Bills and then beat the 49ers. I mean, we was talking about them as a team that can really run the table in the That's AFC right. when right. it was healthy. Just and then out. they and, no 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 because he he went away and they're still winning games. They are. Uh, real quick before you go, um, the Broncos at six. You didn't like that at all. I'm just, I feel like if you're in the top six, you need to have something you do damn near better than anyone in the defense. league at. Defense. Defense. We take the ball away better than everybody else. Oh, actually, really, I will say and also last three weeks, 18 Jack sacks. You hear me? Yeah. Um, 18 sacks in the last three weeks. Buffalo when it comes to Denver, I want to say this. I don't think their defense is great because they get turnovers. They're a great defense that happens to create turnovers. Awesome. But their defense is still great without creating turnovers. They can stop teams, and they've really turned around their season. And the numbers may sway it a little bit because of how they started, but that's not who they are anymore. They do well, something okay. great, and then Sean Payne is going to have this offense be at least serviceable and move down the field. So they, they are just a team that has a very high floor 
you know how they're going to play. That was also part high of my floor, overreaction top, top that Sean Payton will win Dallas, coach of the year. Top 16, high floor. We do. It's gonna be, Saturday, Saturday's going to be a fun game. I'm excited. Fun game. I wonder where, where you guys are going to lean. I know my pick for that game. Who's, who plays on Saturday? Denver and Lions. Oh, easy. Denver. You kidding me? Are you picking a oh. Lions, Dallas? Uh, Wait, join join the Patreon. Now he's a out. hater. Now he's a hater. Join the Patreon find out. You know he doesn't. You know what, Joel? I thought I was going to be alone in my Denver love this week. You surprised me. Actual at 10? You surprised me. No, no, no. no. Six, six was, I wasn't, I thought I was going to be No, because I, no, Jake Brown is still in there. Don't get me wrong. I kicked Jackson. So we're nine. You're not. Yeah. All right, I'm fine with that. Number 10 for me, Cleveland Browns. No slight. Joe Flacco just got to respect. They got to be in the top 10 with the way that they just beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's at my 10, I'm at 11. I'm a bad guy. Did you have him? I didn't. You didn't tell me. Yeah, I, yes, I would have him at eleven. I didn't so know. If we, had if we him magically either. make up an eleven, you would have him there. That's yes. an easy cop out. I feel like I, that is because we don't have a top I, eleven. I don't care. We don't have a top twelve. Call You're just making out. the Show shit Flacco. up. I don't know where you have. You're really. You could be lying to my. I'm, face. I'm telling you the truth. As, a, as, <laughs> as your boy, I'm telling you the truth. I would okay. have him at eleven and Jacksonville at twelve. Okay, I'm fine with that. As long as you have Jacksonville under them, I'm fine. With yes. I also have Jacksonville under them. Number nine, Ramley. We're here, baby. Number eight. Kansas City Chiefs can't trust that offense. Can't do it. The agenda is getting so nasty. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna get nastier and nastier moments. week in and week it's out. December, man. Number seven, Miami Dolphins. Unfortunate, but true. These injuries are piling up way too much, and I think that in a rematch, my number six team, Juwan Moran's number six team, the Denver Broncos would upset those Miami Dolphins. No way, no how do we lose by fifty fucking points? I, I agree. We don't. I agree. We don't give up a seventy burger. You Not a chance in hell. Uh, <laughs> no, no team should ever. Number five. Ever. This is where I gracefully take my L. And I will shake Joel's hand here. I gave him hell every single week for having the Bills top ten. They they just won one of the more meaningful Head games of the Miami season. Dolphins. Hey, they smoked the Dolphins last time they played. The Dolphins are also injured right now, which sucks. They just came off a nasty L, devastating, gutting. I don't know what other word to use, but you got to respect them. Have them at five. Number four, Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, Baltimore Ravens. Number two and number one, it's got to be Dallas and number one Niners. No, it doesn't make sense to me how the Bills beating the Chiefs moves them up to the top of the top of the ladder. But we're over here calling the Chiefs frauds, yet a win against them is so meaningful that we put the, the Bills as one of the top teams I mean, after I, I they beat them. The I also I think it goes it goes hand in hand. The Rams definitely should be top 10. I forgot. It also goes hand in hand with the Bills playing a great game against the Eagles on the road. They just came up a little they bit short. Lost against Denver. Correct, and they also well against Denver. You keep saying barely lost, but no, at the they same lost time, like, against they, Denver. They but, but they had twelve it, men it, on the field. That's yeah. on them. That's a discipline issue. That is on Buffalo. I don't want to hear this, Joel. Enough. Play that game a hundred times. Buffalo wins. Enough, Dells. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait for this Denver shit. But listen, Joel. Uh, Joel, excuse me. Rest of the season, I promise you. I'm getting nastier and nastier and nastier when it comes to that Kansas City Chiefs. I don't give well, they win four games in a row. I hope you keep dropping no them down. Surprised. No one's going to be surprised as the Chiefs that should be doing this. Okay. All right. All right goes, so why were you guys late? Um, Riff, why were we late? Um, Yeah, blame the black guy. Um, For sure, Five. for sure. Damn, the overcrushed. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was, a, it was a lock. It should have been at like minus 1,000. Drew... Forgot something at home. <laughs> oh my god! And unfortunately, Drew didn't drive. So Dells, the with the brother he is, the great guy he is, had to take. Drew Riff, back I've noticed to his that crib. you you've been turning on me. I feel like Drew. Larry's in the comments. Wow! Because Dells, he wants to show feet. Yeah, he's good. 
<laughs> because Dells is such a great human, he was like, I got you. And Drew was like, you know what? You my brother. I pay you $5. You take me to the crib. <laughs> and that's how that went. And I was locked out. So I had to just wait on the, was... on the porch. Wait, where was Drew? <laughs> I said, Drew's in the whip with you. He had to keep oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. home. You, you couldn't real. drive. Yeah. Oh. You drove. Oh, I drove. I forgot. I forgot. And he I paid you the five because you, you did right. right that's right. how that went. You feel me? They both good men over there. Hey, shout out to Jake. First day of his new job, said he crushed Facts. it. I was going to you, Jake. I was gonna, Why I was does Larry want to see our fucking feet? I don't know. It's also because I'm wearing some Bronco slippies. I don't ah, know if you can see it. I'm wearing my Bronco slippies. Shout out to Jake. Barber shout Shack. Out to Jake. Hope it went well, brother. Gave us a super chat. Read it. Joel definitely <laughs> isn't dodging Zach when he's coming. <laughs> no wonder why he didn't want to be it. <laughs> Don't worry. We have that Zach Wilson Funko pop far away from you, bro. You don't have to worry about well, that. I'll happily. I'll happily. With uh, Josh Allen dodging, you know what? God, that was legendary shit. That was, that was so cool. like I'll that. happily. I'll happily accept Zach if he's coming to give me a hug, man. Okay. Okay. Zach, pat him in the back and tell him, listen, Wait, good luck for the rest of the way. All right. And, have him and in the back? or no, He him said on pat him in the back. Oh, Griff, do you want to close the show? Ah, nah. Tired. You want to close it, Joel? That's gonna do it for another episode of the Pick a Side Podcast. Make sure to follow us all our socials. And hey, you want an extra episode? Patreon every single Wednesday. We go there. It's just a dollar a month. That's One dollar, you get all of our picks. You know who's in first place right now? I'm not gonna say too much. Got you got a Mickey Mouse one this week. Three game lead. Go join the Patreon. Shout out to y'all, man. All right, listen. You can't forget about Prize Picks again. Use code Pick a Side P A S. Excuse me, code P A S when you're signing up, making a new account. Prize picks matches 100% up to $100. Don't forget to do that. That's going to do Also, it for- before you hop off, Joel Moran's show, Fantasy Reaction, Riv Academy. Jump on all that, man. When's Lock the next episode, the next episode of When's the last Academy? time you dropped, matter of fact? I'll be honest. It's been a minute. It's been We've been going out every Saturday. But for sure, when I come back from my cruise, I'm dropping the EP. But make sure you tap into when, the Fantasy when Reaction. The when are you going to the cruise? I literally leave on Saturday. Um, you leave on my par- on my party. You, I know. I told you this. You don't fuck with me. I don't. Um, but definitely tap into fantasy reaction. They are consistent every week. Joel Moran, my brother right there, he is consistent every week. They lock in, pick a side, and then Rev Academy. I lock in 2024. All right, but that's gonna do it from us over here at Pick a Side Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>